Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, you decided to spend some of your time with us. Me, Roderick Liptrot, Benjamin Saunders over there in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Me here in Atlanta, Georgia. We thank you guys for coming, for stopping by mm-hmm. for another episode of the Infinity Film Podcast. <laughs> that is our show, right, Ben? Yes, that's correct. Okay. Yep. I thought it was the podcast of Infinity or to Infinity and Beyond. I think that would have been a good name. Take it. Yeah. Oh, well, I want it. <laughs> Four years later, man, we got to change the title. It's time for a rebrand. It's time for it's time for it's time for new everything, Ben. Hmm. Okay, it's time for new everything. Okay, okay. Or or we keep it the same. Okay, all right. Okay, all right. Fine. Maybe next year. Yeah, maybe next year. We'll we'll, we'll revisit this next year. Mm-hmm. You know what? After you're married, we'll we'll have we'll revisit these conversations. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 There might be some changes happening. Once you get that, once you put that ring on the finger. So, mm-hmm. anyway, <laughs> Take a always scheming and plotting. <laughs> <laughs> we have fun here. You guys just can't see it, but <laughs> <laughs> we don't actually hate each other. No, 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 no. not in front of the cameras. <laughs> oh, never. No. But anyway, we've got a packed show today. Benedict and TK, our good friends, are joining us later on to talk about stuff. Mm-hmm. We don't want to spoil for you right now. And we're actually going to save our <laughs> Choose Your Own Row segment for after uh, because Ben and I are kind of doing a bunch of mix and match the next couple of weeks with episodes. And eventually, Ben will get back on track with once a week stuff, but it's not going to happen for a while. Mm-hmm. Busy, busy. Uh, Busy, busy times, Ben. Uh, but we do, we do. Excuse me, have a rundown to tackle today. A lot, of, a lot of good stuff we're talking about today on the rundown. Dune, TV, Dune, <laughs> other news, Dune, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Dune, Dune, Dune. It's all about the sand. <laughs> And the spice. There's a lot of sand. <laughs> Christopher Walken. My man. I don't expect a lot of screen time for Christopher Walken, Benjamin. Yeah, I figured. He's, I mean, he's, you know, got about the same amount of screen time as he has more screen time than. Let me think about that, actually. <laughs> yeah, he's got more screen time than Gary Oldman and Oppenheimer, so. Okay, that's good. <laughs> you know, that's something. Mm-hmm. And that's our show. <laughs> well, stay said. tuned next week for another five second review of Kung Fu Panda 4. I'm kidding. <laughs> Before I lay the groundwork and talk about Dune or two, Ben, is there a film you want to talk about? Hmm. Uh, I haven't watched Dune. much okay. recently. <laughs> so, yeah, I'll, I'll go ahead and give the mic over to you for. Whatever movie you want to talk about. The Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ben, it is all about sand and dune. And Zendaya and the Chalamet and the Florence Pew Pew and the Rebecca Ferguson's and all the shit. Fan screenings across the country took place on Sunday 
this past Sunday. Thousands of diehard sci-fi and Doom fans came together, Ben, <laughs> to see some of the first screenings, or public screenings, I should say, for Doom Hard 2. How was it? Let me let me let me let me rewind the clock back here, Benjamin. Ben and I did we didn't do a spoiler review for Doom Part One, but we we, we talked about it on the pod and I will say this Ben coming out of Doom Part One, my first reaction coming out of Doom Part One was holy shit, that was incredible. Denis did it again, loved it, loved it, loved it. Having slept on it, you know, a few days after, I was like visually one of the most beautiful films I've ever seen. Characters were a little hollow. I loved Isaac, Oscar Isaac, Rebecca Ferguson. I even liked Jason Momoa. I thought Jason Momoa was pretty good in the movie, too. Mm-hmm. Then they, I barely had any screen time. I thought Chalamet Ben was kind of like, you know, <laughs> I'm a Duke of Arrakis. What do you do? <laughs> yeah, Josh Fulton was good. Dave Bautista was great, too, also. I, I thought Dave Bautista mm-hmm. was really good in that first movie. He's great here in Duke Part 2, Ben, by the way. He's not as, well, uh, probably about the same amount of screen time, maybe a little less, but he's great. So going into Doom Part 2, Ben, I wasn't as excited as I was going into that first Doom movie, but I was excited because, excuse me, Doom, uh, Doom Villeneuve, the Knee Villeneuve <laughs> is my second favorite working director right now. Um, he is, I think, Ben, a artiste. All he, all he does is shit out gold or bronze sometimes. Um, <laughs> you know, that first dude was my least favorite of the films he's had in this recent stretch. He's had a recently, but Arrival, Masterpiece, Blade Runner 249, great science fiction film I think we've had in the past uh, couple decades. Uh, it's my personal favorite science fiction film, I think. And then Sicario Ben, as you know, is my all time, one of my all time favorite films, and my favorite Denis Villeneuve film. Spoiler alert: Sicario is still, after seeing Deep Part Two, my favorite Denis Villeneuve film. But I mean, I hold Sicario to a very, very high bar. You know that, Ben. I, I hold Sicario like up here. I, I just, I love that film so much. I still think too, Ben. Like, you know, we always, you know, rave like science fiction films being well shot and everything. Sicario Ben is still one of the most well shot films I have ever seen. Like that is a beautifully made film. Mm-hmm. So I go into Doom Part Two. I actually went by myself, Ben. I went by myself because I wanted to. I didn't want any influence. I just wanted to go in and experience the film by myself. So went to my uh, AMC, got my popcorn, got my poster, got the large large soda. I didn't do a root beer or Coke Zero, Ben. I actually got a fruit punch. Oh. Okay. And a fruit punch, and I really had to pee about forty-five minutes in, uh, <laughs> but I held it. In. I held it together. Oh, nice! <laughs> for another two hours. My God. <laughs> uh, and I actually held it in until I got home because the line for the bathroom in the theater when the movie let out was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was like, I can imagine. I'm gonna hold it. So how was Doom Part Two? I do not. Let me say this. Ben and I recorded the actual episode yesterday, or yesterday, uh, a day before we were recording our new segment. So I was 24 hours fresh. You're going to hear my thoughts 24 hours post-screening. Mm-hmm. The second half of this episode. What you're hearing now is my thoughts 48 hours post-screening. And 
I love it even more the more I've had to think about it. I that I I talked to Darren about it for a little bit yesterday. And by the way, our buddy Darren, I love I love our buddy Darren. He's got he will be on screening number six on Sunday. Oh my gosh. He's got a press screening on Wednesday and then he's seeing it every he's seeing it every day. Uh basically from Wednesday to Sunday. Yeah. So he'll be on screen number six on Sunday, which is ridiculous. I I, I applaud our, our buddy Darren. That's that is something. Um that's even crazier than me sometimes. So yeah, but I truly do think this is one of the greatest science fiction films ever made. And I try not to, Ben. And sometimes I just can't help myself, but the press screenings, Ben, was all like Best film ever made. The greatest science fiction film ever. You haven't seen science fiction until you've seen Doom Part 2. You haven't read or lived until you've seen Doom Part 2. You will never eat popcorn the same way again until you've seen Doom Part after you've seen Doom Part 2. Alcohol will never taste the same after you've seen Doom Part 2. When you go to the beach, all when you see the sand, you'll be thinking of Doom Part 2. I'm not a beach person, so I don't really give a shit about Sam, but um but it truly is something remarkable, Ben. It is truly one of I am not going to go there yet on one of the greatest films ever made, but I am very, very one hundred percent comfortable saying this is definitely one of the greatest science fiction films you will ever see in your entire life. Hmm. Now, let me get then some of the stuff I didn't like out the way first. I still think the pacing in in parts can be a little slow, too slow. But I forgive it because the stuff they're giving us is so rich. The mythology, the lore, the world building, it's all there. So it's, it's for a purpose. If you did not like the ending to Doom Part 1, I don't know how people are going to feel about the ending to Doom Part 2 because... While I do feel like, Ben, the film is more complete than Doom Part 1, like I told you and TK and better the other day, they leave it open for Doom Messiah or Doom Part 3, whatever they're going to call it. And then he even said the script is almost done for Doom 3. But then he also said he might need a break after Doom Part 2 because that took a toll on him a little bit. For me, the ending worked. I The more I thought about it, I was like, I'm glad it, the way it ended. Uh, but I will I will not fight people when they say, eh, I I didn't love it. I didn't love the ending. So that's honestly about it with my negatives. Everything else is is is, is very, very positive, and we are going to do a spoiler filled review. So I am going to try to leave all my thoughts for our spoiler filled episode next week. Um but so if I will say the cast, even better this time around, Timothy Salome is the unsung hero. He is remarkable. He is transcendent. He it is a career best performance in my opinion for him. And I was not a bit off screen, but the turn and the there is a moment, there is a heel turn, and it could have fell flat on on its face, but it worked. And that's all I'm gonna say until our spoiler episode because it. I was just like, holy fucking, I didn't know Chalamet had 
that in him. Like he is it one of the best performances of the year. Oh wait, it's only March. Okay, never mind. <laughs> but it, it truly is one of my favorite performances of it, it's my favorite Shaolin performance, but it is of this early year so far. It's Chalamet up here and everyone else is kind of <laughs> hovering over Sam. So <laughs> nice. That's yeah, that's awesome to hear. Zendaya's great. Lawrence <laughs> Pew Pew is great. Rebecca Ferguson is phenomenal. RVR by Dennis Popping is my second favorite performance in the movie. Mm-hmm. Austin Butler. The more I think about Austin Butler's performance, because a lot of praise has been going towards Austin Butler, and trust me, he is terrifying, scary as hell. I'm not going to say career best. I still think that belongs to Elvis. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> you will be scared of Austin Butler after you see it. Like, he has some truly, like, he just kills people just for just for the fun of it. Mm. Like it's very Joker esque. Mm. It's just the way he kills people. Like his intro scene is like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, great. Um, from a visual standpoint, it is Ben, IMAX, Dolby, ScreenX, 40x. RDX, APX, whatever, I don't care. See it on the biggest, best screen possible. It is a visual feast for the eyes. Hans Zimmer's score, like we were talking about earlier, Ben, it is so good. Even better than the first one. I thought the first one was one of the highlights of that first movie. It it, it, it is is so good here. Uh, The first half of this movie, or the first act, is kind of like a love story it is building <laughs> up the chemistry between uh chani and and, and paul mm-hmm. so zendaya and, and and timothy chalamet and you kind of didn't get glimpses of that in the trailer but it works man their chemistry is really good and there's stuff going on with becca ferguson that really works there's stuff going on with harvey Arbar damn a lot that so good like he provides a lot of great comic relief um so Listen, it is my favorite film of the year so far by a mile. I mean, we haven't had like a lot of truly great films this year, uh, truthfully, in my eyes. Now, I haven't been to the theater much this year. I've been watching a lot of VOD stuff a lot. But uh, yeah, I think if there are 10 other films that are better than Dune Part 2, this will go down as the greatest year of cinema. <laughs> I will die on that hill saying that. Like I am very comfortable in saying I think everyone's going to come out of this at least liking it. I don't think anyone's going to flat out hate it, but I think it's not going to work for everyone because it's very myth- lore heavy, been very myth- mythology, you know, a lot of you know, mm-hmm. building on mythology and all that stuff, you know, kind of a I don't want to put people down, but it's like, it's a thinking man sci-fi movie. And some <laughs> Like I hate saying that, but like some people don't want yeah. that, and that's that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. But if you're a science fiction fan, you're gonna eat this shit up. If you're an action fan, you're gonna eat action. It's great. And let me say, this is my final thing I'm gonna say. The third act of this movie left me on such a fucking high. I feel even more comfortable saying today than I did yesterday. This is probably my favorite third act since Avengers Endgame. Hmm. I 
I was floored. Absolutely floored with this third act. And I think that's why you get a lot of praise for it because you can't really type anything else but to just break because like that it just leaves you in such a rush. But it, well, this is the last thing I'm gonna say because I, I forgot to mention this, but this movie gets you thinking, and I, I'm, I'm telling you, the past 48 hours, but I've got an event I got to get ready for and shit like that this week, going back into town, all this stuff, but I have to think about Dune nonstop, and you know, I was talking to our buddy Zach, and he's like, I got Thursday and Saturday or Sunday screening, and I was like, oh, you know, I was texting some buddies in my small group, like, when are we going to see Dune on Thursday? I was like, I'm going to be out of town. Bye! So... <laughs> You know, I'm gonna go see it again Sunday with somebody from my small group, but it's just like I don't want to have to wait another like five days to see this movie again. I, I want to see it now, so fucking badly. Like it is, it, it is remarkable. Uh, so right now, as it stands, it is my third favorite Denise Villeneuve new film. Sicario and Blade Runner 2049 are still ahead of it, but I still think Blade Runner 2049 hits the emotional beats a little bit better than this movie. But I also hold 24 and 9 <laughs> up here with Sakari in terms of like all timers. Uh, Dune Part 2, Ben, is very, very close. Like, I think after one more screening, I might be like, it's on that same level. But I, I just don't think it's going to hit that Blade Runner for me because I think Blade Runner, like I said, those emotional beats, especially with Joy, like, doesn't quite, Dune Part 2 doesn't quite get there for me. But the performances, the world building, the third act, it's just. masterpiece that's all i gotta say ben it is a masterpiece of a genre so any questions for me about doing part two or are you just ready to see this damn thing now yeah i'm just ready to see it I, yeah i don't really want to want to know every any anything else you gave a good uh overview of, of a lot of aspects so yeah i'm, I'm itching to see it i'm curious too because you're gonna show anna part one and part two mm-hmm. so she's she's gonna treat it to a good double feature there Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll be curious you know one Dune Part 2 does hit that home release watching those back to back that five hour epic <laughs> yeah how it's gonna play so yeah I I've said all I need to say about Dune Part 2 and you're gonna you guys are gonna hear some repeated stuff so you might want to fast forward past some of that stuff I talk about Dune Part 2 or just want to hear me talk praise it some more go ahead um I'm just excited for the spoiler review to break it all down with, with Ben and whomever we have on as a guest. So mm-hmm. it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right. Uh, I've got no TV right now. I'm still in the midst of a lot of shows right now for myself personally that I'm not really ready to review mm-hmm. quite yet. Uh, ben, you have anything? Uh, no. Well, real quick, I don't know if I mentioned it before. We're behind, but Ann and I watched the first season of The Bear. Uh, yeah, and and it is it is uh very good. I think I've I've enjoyed it more than she has because it is it is a lot of yelling, uh, and a lot going on. So much yelling. <laughs> so, um, it's got uncut gems. Level <laughs> that's of exactly what yeah. Roman said too. Yeah, that's funny. Um, so yeah, but I'm I'm getting into it, and I, I've heard that season two is even better. I think so, yeah. Yeah, okay. So we haven't started it yet, but uh anyway, no no news there really, but uh just to 
add on to the praise for it. Okay, I lied. I do want to talk about one show that I just started watching. Not just the premiere, just the premiere just happened. Uh, so I am not. I want to talk about my, my relationship with The Walking Dead. Um, seasons one through five. five. Okay. Yeah, one through five, <laughs> I think, are really one through six, I think, are some of the best seasons of television. Like, I love The Walking Dead, uh, mainly for Andrew Lincoln as Rick. Like, his Rick Grimes is. It's that kind of performance memory. Like you don't see Andrew Lincoln, you just see him as the character. So like I just see him as Rick Grimes. He is one of my favorite. I did a post a while back. I think maybe even during COVID, like breaking my favorite TV characters. Rick Grimes is like top ten. I love, love, love his Rick Grimes. So fucking good. Season seven, I good, good aspects, bad aspects. Season eight was one of the most hyped up seasons because it's like a a certain war is going down between two factions and it lives up and doesn't live up to the hype. There's certain aspects that does live up to, and then there's other aspects where it's like, eh. And then season nine spoilers for walking dead fans. Uh, they killed Rick, but they did it. Um, his last episode on the walking dead was emotional. Uh, it brought back certain characters. That was great to see. Uh, but then, of course, the ending, well, the epilogue of the episode was him getting saved, and he's off to God knows where. Well, and I, I stopped watching The Walking Dead once Rick died. I, I gave up on the show. I was like, I was already starting to fall off. I wasn't like when the show was going. And uh, truthfully, I kind of just wanted to watch some other shit. So I gave up on it. Uh, fast forward to now, I have watched one of the spinoffs. Uh, with Negan and Maggie, if you know who those characters are for listeners who are watching, uh, it's called Dead City. Solid show. I gave it like three and a half out of five. I'm not letter box, but a serialized, decent little show. But one of my most anticipated shows of this year, Ben, was The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live. Because it's got Rick's back, Michonne's back, and it's another love story about them reuniting. And I was very, very, very hyped up for the show. And as someone who has really given up on The Walking Dead, for me to be excited about the show says a lot about how much I love the character of Rick Grimes. So episode one premiered this past Sunday. I watched it Sunday morning. Or, yeah, Sunday afternoon-ish. Um, I will say this. It is one of the best pilots I have ever watched in the past couple of years. I love this first episode. Uh, just kind of getting us back to Rick Grimes, what he's going through. Uh, since we last saw him to now and the world building the performances the action sequences it's all phenomenal so like I said I've only seen one episode one episode only here but a perfect way to start the show and a surprise way to start the show and a surprise way that like they end the show or they end the episode, I don't know, which I didn't think we were going to get for like another three or four episodes. So I was like, holy shit, they ended it here. Where's the rest of the season going? So off to a great start. I hope it ends strong because it's only six episodes, but I'm very, very, very hyped for the rest of the series. Um, like I said, my, Mr. and Mrs. Smith is my favorite show of the year up here. Everything else, yeah, you know, we got uh, Griselda on Netflix, which I really enjoyed, like, you know, here and some other Netflix shows here and other stuff kind of hanging around and whatever. Uh, but 
I'm in love. I'm in, I was in love with that person, that first episode. So for my Walking Dead fans, if there are any Walking Dead fans, those characters or fans who want to see Rick back, check out The Ones Who Live. Every Sunday, checking it out as soon as it drops. Love it. Loved it. Loved, loved, loved it. Just hope the rest of the season can live up to that first episode. Because, you know, there's some Disney Plus shows you have great starts and terrible endings. <laughs> oh, yeah. Secret Invasion, looking at you. Mm-hmm. Moon Knight, looking at you. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, we're still on. Okay, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Got the Emily Blunt mug out today, Ben. Nice. Just uh, put it through the dishwasher over the weekend and fresh and clean, ready to go. Good, good. <sighs> Hold on. Another sip. Mm-mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> Let's get to some news, Benjamin, shall we? We shall. We shall. We shall indeed. I love the attitude. Mm-hmm. God damn. <laughs> <sighs> no, I want to start. I want to start with some happy news, Ben. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, Ben's tired of hearing about it. I'm sure the audience is tired of hearing about it, but Ben, you know one of my favorite characters from Phase 4 of the MCU? Or uh, post-Endgame? My man, mm-hmm. Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. That's my guy. That's my, that's, my, that's, my man. that's my man crush right there. My man, Simu Liu. <laughs> Only man crush I've got, but man, I want to be some Simu Liu. Um, he recently came out and said, Ben, DDC. That's from Daniel Cretton. <laughs> Him and I are on a nickname basis now, DDC. Right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 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 We had brunch together one day and he's like, call me DDC. And I was like, call me Roderick. So anyway, <laughs> him and I got talking. Simu and I got talking. Mm-hmm. And Simu confirmed with me, DDC's coming back. Oh. For Shang-Chi, too. Got the inside scoop. But in all seriousness, it's good to hear that DDC Destin Daniel Cretton is coming back for yes. uh, some T2. Because you know, he recently got not let go, but he left King Dynasty or mm-hmm. the now untitled Adventures 5. Whatever it's gonna be called now. I wonder if Avengers Fire is gonna be taken over by young Avengers, Ben. Hmm. That could happen. Mm, uh, I don't know. I think Marvel's going to follow through with that ending scene from the Marvels mm-hmm. and start building on that. I think. I don't know. I Yeah, I don't know. I kind of see it more as a TV show. And I mean, it'd be great if they appeared and Oh, so why are you, course, why are you but... listening to me that's going to be a TV show? Yeah, oh, I thought is that what you said? That. Yeah. yeah, okay. Oh well, something in the back of my brain said, "I guess that was you again." Yeah, <laughs> look at that. Yeah, I take another sip of my Emily Blunt mug. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to be right sometimes. Anyway, <laughs> who was talking about? I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> look, I, I like you guys know Ben. Annoyingly knows. I, I love that first Shang-Chi movie so much. Um, every year, but when I redo my MC, like it gets higher and higher. <laughs> so right now, but it's sitting at my number six spot. Wow. Okay. I, I just, I love this movie so much, man. 
um, probably some of my favorite movies of 2020 so far. It's it is it's just become that ultimate comfort film for me. Mm -hmm. Just moves at this really great pace, and I love mm -hmm. the I love that third act, and I love him and his role. And we really don't give enough love then to Tony Leung for that performance as as I went with. He is mm -hmm. stupid, stupid <laughs> good in that movie, man. Um, so it's sad that we have to wait probably like another at least two years for a Shang-Chi too. Yeah. Like, is the audience still going to care about Shang-Chi two years later? I, like, or, or five years later? I don't know. Probably because it's Marvel, but I, I mean... Yeah. Like, <laughs> I hope so. We should have had it. I see. We probably... We should be talking about Ben when Shang-Chi Shang 3 <laughs> happening. Not when are we getting Shang-Chi 2. We should be talking about Shang-Chi 2 was great. We need Shang-Chi 3 right now. <laughs> so that's, that's just kind of how I feel. But uh, Ben, thoughts? Yep. Um, happy. Excited. Give us a date. Exactly. Give, date. Give us a date, <laughs> yep. Uh, ben, let's talk about something not not great. Hmm. Uh you and I have shared an all-time favorite movie together. Uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. You know, this, this hurts my heart. You want to take this one? <laughs> uh, so I, I, we heard rumors about it before, but it has been confirmed that they're doing a, a spin-off movie uh, from Fearless, of Ferris Bueller's Day Off, focusing solely on everyone's favorite two characters. Uh, <laughs> those two guys in that, uh, you know, valet parking garage, whatever that that took the Ferrari out for the He's day. Like on the poster, <laughs> Danley and whatever I don't know what their names were. Um, Dan and Victor, apparently, yeah, yeah. So, uh, family, <laughs> they, uh, yeah, they had they had a wild ride. We saw, you know, a few clips of them driving around the city i guess uh but we saw one I, shot of them leaving and yeah, coming back yeah, yeah apparently there's there's a whole movie in there so you shall see uh, i you know i i see more negatives than positives i guess but <laughs> I, I, I at least it's not gonna be a cheesy direct sequel which i don't think broderick or, or uh rock or sarah would would do that but and it's not like a remake or reboot or anything so I don't know. That's nice. This you can see this, and it won't affect the movie at all. I don't think. Um, yeah. So anyway, we never watch this. Yeah, that's a that's a good point too. Why why is this happening? But I don't know. I I love eighty com eighties comedies. So if it's a callback to that, and then it's fun. It won't be. <laughs> we'll probably have uh, smartphones for some reason. I don't. I don't even. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> hey, Google. <laughs> Take me to the bar. <laughs> Let's talk about Ben something that really got me excited. I even posted it on my story about it last week. I think you were excited too. We didn't talk about it though. One of your favorite franchises. Well, one of your favorite movies at least. What you like the franchise? Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. We have now our director. For Jurassic World, Locust. No, I'm kidding. Uh, whatever this new Jurassic World is going to be called. Gareth 
Edwards. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. I fucking love this choice. Yes. Director of my one of my favorite all-time monster movies, Godzilla. Director of probably my favorite Star Wars movie, Rogue One. And then the director of one of the more underappreciated sci-fi films, Ben, the creator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let the man cook, Universal. Let the man cook. I'm happy. I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. At least we know Ben's going to be beautifully shot. Yeah. <laughs> we got that going for us. Yeah. And I think we will get some good monster action unless he pulls a 2014 Godzilla and like teases a T-Rex. Which uh, that would be fun too. That's kind of what they did with the Jurassic World original. Yeah, the first one, yeah. yeah. A, little, a little bit. Well, I guess they didn't really tease him, but he showed up at the end. But anyway, yeah, no, I'm very happy with this choice. Um, I think before there were rumors that maybe they were really close to getting David Leach in there yeah. in the director's chair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, which I would, I would have been interested to see, but I personally, I think Edwards is a from their filmography is a better choice, uh, a better fit for the franchise, I would think. So, um, yeah. And then we, we talked before about the uh, David Kep, I think, the original Jurassic Park writer coming back. So, yeah, very, very excited. Well, let's talk about this now. Um, Marvel's been going through a lot, Ben. A lot of pushback, a lot of like, eh, you know, stuff kind of going on recently. Right. It seems like every other week we're getting, you know, this is going on. We're new screenwriters coming on the policy script and this and that. And, no, okay, all right, not. When are we shooting the damn thing? Okay, can I, come, come on. I'm tired of hearing about the writer from SpongeBob SquarePants and movies come on to rewrite the script for for Thunderbolts. I don't, I don't, I don't care. Come on. <laughs> That the showrunner for the bear, Joanna Kayla or Kayla, 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 I'm supposed to say Kayla, is currently working on the script for the Thunderbolts. Now, look, TV movies, two different things. Mm-hmm. But you get the showrunner from the bear to be looking at your script. <laughs> Thumbs up. Two, two, yeah, thumbs up for two thumbs up. Oh, okay. Put my phone in my hand. I'm on board. What, what, what about you, Ben? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm on board. And that, not that they'll be directly similar, but yeah, lots going on, loud noises, yelling. Uh, kind of seems like it would it would fit in with the Thunderbolts, yeah. The, the craziness of Thunderbolts, yeah. Well, she's also done some, she's got some pretty good works in the back part. She was the writer, one of the writers for the for beef mm-hmm. Netflix show. Uh one of the writers of the and executive producer of one of the most underappreciated Netflix series, uh Bojack Horseman. I a series which I love a lot. So she's got some good writing credits under her belt. Mm-hmm. But this is her it looks like it's just her first feature line film, I think. Mm-hmm. I think. Maybe I, I could be wrong about that. Uh it looks like she's on a lot of shows. So hey, we'll see what happens. Right, mm-hmm. that's exciting. Mm-hmm. This is this is very exciting. Um, 
speaking of screenwriters, <laughs> Eric Pearson, who wrote or one of the writers for Thor Ragnarok and Black Widow, polishing the script mm-hmm. for Fantastic Four, mm-hmm. which means rewrites are happening. <laughs> Which means we Matt Shackman needs some help. <laughs> Polish in the script sounds really nice. Uh, <laughs> nice touch there, Iger and Feige. <laughs> yeah. Or <laughs> <laughs> Ragnarok was more Taika than anything else. Black yeah. Widow. A movie which I really enjoyed, but yeah, <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm I'm about the same. The both of those movies that don't really praise for the story so much as uh, you know performances and and jokes and everything. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, but you know it's it's in he's already in the Marvel family, so I guess that helps. Uh, good working relationship. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, Maybe yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm trying to stay positive <laughs> from, from what we can. Uh, but yeah, that is interesting and interesting use of word, like you're saying with polishing. Very interesting word. I'm trying to pull up. Oh wait, let me come back on. I'm trying to pull up his other credits. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's 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 nice. Okay, um, feature films: Thor Ragnarok, Godzilla versus Kong. Oh, okay. Black Widow. Yeah, yeah. Thunderbolts and Fantastic Four. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That Godzilla versus Kong is uh. Oh, now Ben, he's got some uncredited rewrites <laughs> Ant Man, Spider Man Homecoming. Oh, oh, shit. Pacific Rim Uprising. Yo, I haven't even seen that. Oh, you don't need to. <laughs> okay. Uh, Infinity War Endgame, which we all agree is all Russo's. Um, <laughs> yeah. Some of his best work is uncredited. Well. And Detective Pikachu. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Oh boy! Um, <laughs> television, though, Ben. He's written eight episodes of Agent Carter. Ooh, yeah. yeah I enjoy that one a lot. What you so. Told me to watch, and I, <laughs> I, I ended up eating my words. I did enjoy Agent Carter. That was mm-hmm. a good show. Mm-hmm. I think about actually doing a rewatch of that is pretty soon, Ben. I mean, I think it's just because I miss Agent Carter. Yeah, I do. I miss yeah, Peggy. Me, me too. That Godzilla versus Kong. God. <laughs> Don't worry about that. 
push that out of your mind. I can't. I love that movie for what it is, but writing is not one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds like we're going back to Hollow Earth for Fantastic Four, it looks like. That <laughs> anyway, enough about that. You know, we kind of already talked about Avengers 5 and longer being Tile King Dynasty. We don't need to talk about that anymore. Yeah. Here's what I do want to talk about, man. Marvel Studios is reportedly still searching for characters and actors who can carry its universe forward after the exit of Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans. You guys have a pantheon of characters who carry the same <laughs> franchise. Shuri, Sam, Captain Marvel, Shang-Chi, Bruce Banner still in your back pocket, Thor still in your back pocket, Thor is one of the OGs, oh speaking of OGs, you still got Hawkeye in your back pocket. I'm going to tell you the right now, Ben, and it's not because I'm a homer for her or anything like that. Kamala needs to be one of the, one of the new faces of the MCU. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, Ben, everyone seems to be latching on towards the hurt, right? That's just my point of view. I don't know if you feel, I don't know if you feel differently, but in my eyes, everyone seems to be latching on to to her. Those that did see the Marvels, the yeah. Marvels, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they would agree. But I know Hemsworth's taking a break from Marvel. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth Olsen seems to be kind of done from Marvel for right now. Uh, if I were to choose the faces of the MCU right now. Let me guess. Oh, man. Shit, if only you didn't have a web-slinging hero in your back pocket. <laughs> God damn, shit. Mm. Oh, damn. Mm. See if they can't see me what I'm doing right now, but I, I just yep. <laughs> oh wait, they do, Ben. They've got Peter Parker, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. maybe the most popular comic book character of all time. Yeah, yep. But for some reason, Marvel's in their offices right now. Like, God damn, who can replace Tony and Cap? Oh my goodness. So. I feel for Marvel on a lot of stuff. I I, I don't feel for minimum on this one. <laughs> no. Choose two and, and, and roll with them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Seriously. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's kind of where I am, Ben. I mean, yep. I, what I would do is choose a seasoned veteran, one who's been there for a while, and choose a new character. Mm-hmm. And maybe, maybe one more to kind of mm-hmm. balance it out. But I... What, what are you struggling with? What? 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 I get it. Now, look, I get it. On one hand, I get it because, like, Tony and Cap, it's hard to replace those two men because they are, they were such iconic to that fantasy saga. Mm-hmm. And I mean, one person on this podcast, but like, loves Tony Stark so much. I don't know. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know who that person is, but mm-hmm. I just love Tony Stark to infinity and beyond. I don't really know. I'm just crazy fanboy. God. <laughs> Fanboys these days, Ben. You know what I mean? Yeah, just can't get rid of them. Um, 
it's me. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ben, I'm not. You know what? I just came up with a big thing in my head right now. Doctor Strange, Spidey, and either Shuri or Kamala. Okay. Stick with those three. Mm-hmm. I think Spidey has to be involved in your big three somehow, or in terms of your 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 face of MCU. Tom Holland is beloved by a lot of people, Ben. Yeah. Or at least his interpretation of Peter Parker is beloved by a lot of people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Raising hand. Yeah, me being included. So, uh, I, I don't know, man. Shut me up. But what, what do you think? Because right, I'm, I'm, I'm just kind of like dumbfounded by this, by this one. Yeah, no, I am too. And it's, it's, it's articles or headlines, whatever, like this, where I agree with people that say, you know, Marvel's taken over Hollywood, and it's just uh, it would get news, you know, every day. Like we both love Marvel and MCU, and talk about all the things that come out about it but like stuff like this i'm just like why this is not worthy news uh like you're saying they have so many characters <laughs> and like we're going to talk about later in this episode um they've gone so many different directions post end game that there there's so many ways they could go now um i i, I feel like it's a little maybe not totally disrespectful but <laughs> they're these two characters that they've had for so long and like i said introduced all these other ones and they're like ah, yeah yeah no, we, we we don't know about them they're just kind of they're hanging out right now but we need two faces for the mcu I'm like come come on so and, uh, i don't even know why they would this is coming out and they're saying it <laughs> and by the so, way cap is not even dead technically <laughs> yeah yeah technically he won't old. Yeah, he won't star in anything again. No, I don't think. No, I think Chris Evans at this point will just be cameo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, but I mean, you you've got a a library of characters to just introduce. Just 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 pick just pick one to roll with. Seriously, Marvel chose for the Infinity Saga. Ben, that Tony and Cap were going to be the faces of the Infinity Saga. And the results were fantastic. And it ended... I mean, ben, I, I still can't think of a better way to have ended those two arcs. Tony made the sacrifice. Cap got to live his life with Peggy. And pass the shit on the same way. I can't think of two better send-offs in comic books and for comic book characters than, than those two. Probably Logan and Logan, but other than that, I don't know what like what, what actually let me ask you that but what's one hit you more? Tony send off or cap send off? <laughs> uh well I guess I can say objectively Iron Man's because I cried. Um and Caps was very touching. I love that ending, but it so good, it didn't outright make me cry, I guess. <laughs> like like it did with Tony. Oh, Caps so. made me cry, man. I yeah, because yeah. he finally got what he deserved, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like he's been fighting the fight for so long. Yeah. Damn. More on that for an end game five year retrospective mm-hmm, coming mm-hmm. to a coming to a podcast near you. <laughs> Last bit of Marvel news, Ben. Actually, I'm I'm not talking about Blade. I'm tired of my Blade. I I, 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 just, <laughs> I, I refuse. Uh, I feel like everything's up in the air still. Yeah, right now. Uh, seriously. Pretty uh, much. Acolyte, Ben. 
Summer release that looks like June 5th. One of the most nice. anticipated shows of the year. Mm-hmm. Cannot wait. We'll be doing IG live review. No, I'm kidding. But, uh, <laughs> if we get a summer Star Wars show, I'm down. I'm down. That's it. Yeah, so exciting. I don't think we've had a summer. Oh, wait, no, yeah, we had Obi-Wan. That was a summer Star Wars show. That's mm-hmm. right. Two years ago. I mm-hmm. tried to tell y'all about that show. I tried to tell y'all. Y'all didn't listen. <laughs> yeah. Now, Ben, here's the last bit of news we're going to talk about. Well, okay, I took that back. But here's one of the last topics we'll talk, we'll talk about. Alejandro, Alejandro in every two. Mm-hmm. You know who he's working with next? Tell the people. Tom fucking <laughs> That's right. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> I smell that, Ben. You smell that? I smell. Mm-hmm. I smell. Gold. Okay. I smell gold. This is gonna be a hit. It's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. Truthfully, Ben, let me tell you this. This might be an unpopular opinion. After hearing about this, I thought about the Revenant, right? Mm-hmm. Tom Cruise and the Revenant might have been a better cho- might have been a better choice. Whoa. That being said, I don't think he would have handled the drama- dramatic scenes as well as right. DiCaprio did. Yeah. But I'm just thinking in terms of like the scenario in which DiCaprio was in. I think it would have been more entertaining to see Tom Cruise in that pres- in that situation than Leonardo DiCaprio. For my personal preference, hmm. now, okay. the Caprio was fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Do I do not get me wrong, film bros, film fans. <laughs> I'm not saying the Caprio was bad because I'm, I'm not. Is one of his best performances of his career. Not the best up along some of Waffle Wall Street, damn it. <laughs> but just seeing Tom Cruise kind of battle the elements, been for two and a half hours would have been really cool to see. So I'm curious where Tom Cruise is going to be running from in this movie. Yep. Should be interesting. But thoughts? Yeah, I'm excited. I I did not see that pairing coming. I would not have, yeah. have thought of that. But it's uh, I am very, very interested. Uh, Inaritu, I've not seen his latest. Didn't he do kind of a... Oh, yeah, yeah. Bardo. Yeah, um, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it yet. Yeah. I kinda, didn't hear great things about it. No, I didn't either. Um, but I, I really like Revenant and Birdman, so interested to see what he does. Okay. So, now that we are done with that, Ben, we are going to... Sorry. Uh, we're going to move on now, Ben, to our main topic, which is, of course... Bringing in our good friends, TK and Benedict, mm-hmm. onto the show. So DJ Blint, Blint, Ben, <laughs> play us a catchy tune. Get us the hell out of here for five and seconds. Here it is now. Ladies and gentlemen, now that Ben and I are 
finished talking about the news, it is time to welcome in our guests <laughs> for the evening. Ben, or, ben mm-hmm. spoiler okay. alert. Uh, yeah, spoiler alert. Um, Benedict this year, but Ben, can you introduce our guest properly? And not like how I did, and I screwed up <laughs> miserably. No, all good, all good. So, first, from across the pond, we have spoiler alert. It's Benedict joining us again. How are you doing? Hello, hello, you lovely, lovely people. Glad to have you back, as always. He's back. <laughs> how are you both? Doing well. Doing well. No, Better now. It's Monday. It's Monday. But yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, we're, we're yeah. amongst friends here. We're amongst friends. We're going to have a film. <laughs> we're having a film roundtable discussion. Should be fun. Yeah, should be I'm fun. looking forward to it. Speaking of friends, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get choked up here because TK's back. TK, it's always good to have you back. Oh, it's always good to be back. Hello, everybody. I just noticed, Benedict, I just noticed your Avengers cup that you have. That's wonderful. I like the look of that. Look at that. I know this is an audio medium. Nobody else can see it, but it's uh, just everyone should know that we're all all drinking out of our, our cups here tonight. That's right. And we've got, um, and because it's audio, we've all got boxing gloves on. So this is going to get a little bit heated, you know. Well, it was going to, Benedict. It was. It was going to. Yeah. It was. It was. But what, wait, wait, once I got a cups. Okay. So, Tika, what, what cup are you drinking out of? What kind of cup do you have over there? Well, I was actually going to just show this to Benedict, actually, in solidarity oh, yeah. about across the pond. It's um, it's oh. a mug from Virgin Atlantic. Oh, lovely. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I'm all about the Branson. <laughs> 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 and there there is in fact tea in it so but There's what do you tea. have there rod oh well, this is the infamous uh dakota johnson mug right here tk oh, of course yeah, of course of course you know, because of the masterpiece that is madam webb no i'm kidding uh but anyway tk i forgot i forgot to ask you if you saw madam we'll have to pencil that conversation show the conversation for later but ben <laughs> what cup were you drinking out of yeah, well, oh thanks yeah. thanks for asking this is a uh a guitar Tervis Tumblr, not a sponsor, that my grandma gave me for Christmas. Oh, that's, that's lovely. Year. Yeah. That is lovely. And just a word from our sponsors. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, sure. um, Pepsi is is now <laughs> drink to drink. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome back to the Ma- Madam Web um, Pepsi commercial. Oh, gosh. Oh, Ben, I wish you were on that spoiler episode. Oh, my goodness. We had fun. That was fun. Okay. We, we did have fun. Yeah, I, I had fun listening to it. Oh, you listened to it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You were the one. Gonna, Thank you. I'm yeah, gonna I, confess, I also listened to it without <gasps> having seen the movie. Oh, I, wow. Yeah, I did. I was. I wanted to hear what you guys had to say. And I you feel like you've seen see it, it now. I, I, I do. I, I, I do. I don't know. I, I'm you know still what? gonna see it. I'm still no, you know what? I, we have to. We have to stop for a second. Okay. Okay. This is the first. This is the first. This is the first. So Benedict, or actually TK, I'm gonna go TK because Benedict, you know, ladies yeah. first. Benedict, ladies yeah, first. Ladies first. Yeah. TK, after listening, will you now see the movie? I yes, I will. I I ha- it's one of the things where I didn't immediately jump to go out and see it um, with this with scarcity of time. Um, but I was curious enough. I, I wanted to listen to you guys do your take on it. I listened to a couple other podcast takes on it, like varying degrees of spoilers. Um, I'll see it. I, I, but I didn't have, and I don't have the level of investment that I felt like I needed to see it before listening to any kind of supplementary content about it. Um, and I always like hearing what you guys have to say. So, mm. you know, besides it got me ready to, you know, hang out with you tonight. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Yeah. you know, I just want to give a shout out to our good friend, Zach. See, Zach, that's how it's done. People actually listen to the <laughs> podcast when they come on here. 
Anyway. <laughs> Benedict. Yes. Have you yes. actually seen Madam you see Madam Web, right? I've seen Madam Web, yes. I, oh, that's I, right. You I, were the half I saw you, I Day read. of Release. Day of Release. Oh, man. So, yeah. <laughs> that's how it's done. On the day of release. Mm-hmm. That's how you do it. Yeah. That's how you do it. You actually persuade people to forget about Valentine's Day and go and see <laughs> Madam Web. The last time that happened to me was over 10 years ago with the fifth Die Hard. I persuaded oh. somebody out of a wine tasting to go and see the fifth Die Hard, and I regretted it badly. I was just like going, I am so sorry that I persuaded you to come and see this. Benedict, I tell you, I think we've had it. I know, I've told Ben this. That was my first legally viewed <laughs> R-rated, R-rated yes, film. Yeah, in yeah you, have, you have told me that. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's legally. so bad. So, so bad. So bad. So, so bad. Ben, I wish I could have any other R-rated experience in my first le- legally. Mm-hmm. R-rated experience. That movie's a hunk of junk. Super <laughs> PG. Okay. But we have an assistant yeah, principal here. I can't, I can't PG-TK, PJTK. So that's right. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. Hunk I promise not to curse thing. more than ten times today. Okay. <laughs> ten times is my limit. Okay. Ben. ben. Yes. No, I nice swear one. like my coffee. <laughs> Only ten times a day. <laughs> <laughs> T-shirt idea. Write it down. Got many, down. many tonight. Okay. Ready? You see, ladies and gentlemen, this is why I love Ben so much. He has the share your screen ready to go. Mm-hmm. Rock and roll. That's oh, right. My guy. My guy. Yeah. And he's wearing a hat. We're both wearing hats. <laughs> this is the first time in our four-year history we're both wearing hats. Yeah, that's probably true. I'm yeah. just, just going to cry. Matching <laughs> headsets. A lot to take in. Ben, honestly, this is a lot to take in. This is this is too much today. This is too much. But anyway, you know what we're gonna do, Ben? What's that? Oh no, I'm kidding. But we're gonna do choose your own row today. <laughs> All right, and TK. Actually, this is your first time, TK, doing choose your own row. This is exciting. I'm very excited. Oh yes, okay, right, yes, yes. This part of the show. Oh, I love this part of the show. <laughs> good save, good it. save. Then, all right, yeah. he's like, oh, <laughs> no, no, I, 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 I was wondering what was happening. Show. I was just like going, you don't share screen. What's happening? Yeah, you know, so, and then what am I going to see? Cute kittens or what? Um, but yes, well, I no. mean, you know, Garfield two might be on here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love lasagna, but not Mondays. <laughs> It's going to be a show. Okay. Anyway, Ben, mm-hmm. in honor of Dune Part 2, which, by the way, Ben, you and I have to talk oh. about because it is, I am still riding the high of Dune oh. Part 2. That's all I'm going to say. Good to hear. Our news portion, which we're going to record later, I'm going to gush about it, but you and I will talk about it after we're done recording here. It is it's something. <laughs> but in honor of Dune Part 2, we are going to do a science fiction choose your own row special today. Science fiction. I know everyone here loves science fiction to varying degrees. And actually, TK, you have, we've never actually talked about science fiction. What's your, what's your level of love of science fiction? I'm, I'm very drawn to the genre. Dune was one of my favorite movies of the past few years. Um, you might be pulling out some deep cuts that I'm not as familiar with. I'll have to wait mm, and see. I try not to. I'm excited. I try not to. I try not to. All right. Um, what's your go-to genre, TK? Please explain, TK. Is, what, is, is it, it sci-fi or is, is it something else? No, I. I'm. I, the spot there, but I'm. I want to I'm uh, oh my goodness, the cat is trying to get on the microphone. Um, I would say, of kind of like your. I, I would say probably horror. Oh, I thought you were going to say the other thing. Damn it! <laughs> oh, what's the other thing? 
rom-coms. No, that's not what I was going to say. There is nothing wrong with a good rom-com. I love there's rom-com. No, 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 there's yeah. not. There's not. That's right. Except for but Ben. It's not ben hates all... Yeah, Ben hates all the rom-coms I suggest him. But anyway, mm. the conversation. Mm. Not all of them. No. Which one did you know? Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but we want to know. We want to know. I'll think of one and let you know. See exactly. Uh, TK, I thought you were going to say uh, comic book movies was your cartoon. Oh sure, yes. Well, that's given that that I feel like sure. was the root of our connection. I felt like that that's that true. is one of the go to one of the yeah, go to ones, true. of course, that's as well. I do, I do love a good comic book movie. Excited to talk about them here tonight. But but first, but first, TK. But, yes. But, see, TK's just trying to get to bed. She don't want to hang out with us. She's just trying to get to bed. <laughs> yes, I'm just trying to help you with a good segue. Mm-hmm. We, we, we should come up with like a jingle choose your oh that's a great idea Benedict I don't know what's going on here but you know this is a non-paid guest appearance <laughs> <laughs> I can't <laughs> I thought you were going to pay me with Hershey kisses I, oh come on man because Ben doesn't get paid so I can't tell you how I pay you Oh right, yeah. Oh sorry, yeah. Oh, well, that's bringing up a can of worms, isn't it? Right. Yeah, yeah, oh ben, hey, hey. Sorry, sorry there. And still okay. online. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let's get to the fun stuff here. Yes. Shall we? Yes. Here we go. Yes. Ben, would you like to read off the choose from rows this week? Sure. So row number one, we have Alien. Yeah, yeah, space. I'm so proud of you. No one can so hear you scream. You. Oh yeah. You got. You got to get it right. Okay. We have Blade Runner twenty forty nine, the superior film. Uh, we have Elysium. I'm so proud of you, Benjamin. Yep. Okay, I haven't seen it yet, but I got recognized that poster. No, 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 the proudness is going down. Yep. Okay, go <laughs> okay. ahead. Uh, row two is the original Blade Runner, the original Dune. Yes, sir. And... Well, don't say original, say the 2021 because there is another. Oh, year. sorry, that's correct. Yes, yep. Denise Dune, part one, uh, and the creator, which came out recently. Then row three, we have District Nine. We have. Denise Arrival as well, and what looks like Prometheus without mm-hmm. seeing the title. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is Prometheus. Yeah. Can we all just give Ben a round of applause? Most of the titles are on screen, and he got them right. Thank you. Thank you. I am virtually bowing right now. Thank you. Uh, poster trivia coming soon <laughs> to a theater near you. It's a good idea, too. Yeah, actually, it's a good idea. Mark that well, down. Not, not really for a podcast, actually. Oh, actually yeah, for a podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not really good. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, that. which of our guests is going first? For the uh, room TK room. has never dissipated, so yes, I think TK should right. go first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please, please. So TK, but let's just because you know, Benedict tried to cheat. You can't choose a column; <laughs> you got to choose a row. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, mm, can't do diagonally right. either. Mm, I'm sorry, TK. Okay. Um. So the problem is that I've never seen Elysium, so I can't. Okay. And look, you can still choose the row because then you get to watch it for the first time. I know that's true. Um, Ben's done that before. <laughs> Arrival is so strong. Masterpiece, in my opinion. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm tempted to go middle row just because Blade Runner is such a classic, and Dune is really one of my favorites of the past few years. Like I said, and I did see the creator, and I thought it was I thought it was fine. Like I I wasn't head over heels for it, but I did think it was solid. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to go middle row. I'm just going to go a classic, a modern classic. Dune is a sublime film. I love it so much. 
And, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd watch the creator again. I saw it once in the theater. I'd watch it again and give it another another shot. So I'll, I'll go center row. DK. We'll have to have a conversation off screen, but Dune Part 2, if you love Dune so much, you're, you're going to love Dune Part 2. I'm so excited. I can't wait. You, you are going to love Dune Part 2. That's all I'm going to say. Without spoiling anything. Mr. Lewis, I'm going to have you Ooh. go after Benjamin Saunders. Ben, you're up next. Oh, wow. Turn of events. I know. There, keeping us on our toes. Um, I'm in a similar predicament as TK because I have not seen Elysium. Uh, but I do love the other two films in that row. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I think I'll, I'll go ahead and go with row three uh, because I think Arrival is my favorite on this list followed closely by 2049. Um, I feel like Arrival's a little more rewatchable too uh, with the shorter really? runtime, oh, even though on. it is yeah, yeah. <clears throat> emotionally devastating. Um, yeah. I don't know. But uh, then you get the, the funny side with district nine as well. And, uh, and, and Prometheus is there. So no, I've seen that movie once <laughs> and uh, I thought that thought was pretty good. I feel like it kind of gets, ragged on uh, in the alien franchise yeah but I, I thought it was okay when i watched it but the other two are stronger for me all right mr lewis you're up next sir i've, I've got a question to ask you so i could see like some of the connections between all of the all, all of the films and you've right. got neil blomkamp uh with uh if i'm pronouncing his name right mm-hmm. um with district nine and elysium but the creator is gareth edwards so that seems like yes sir why is that in there? Uh, honestly, Benedict, this was a random collection of science <laughs> oh, okay. fiction movies. Right. Yeah, because they no all have, they, they all connect to each other somewhat. But then there's that. Do you know what I like? Is that TK went with middle row, Ben went with the third row, and I'm actually going to go with the top row because I have seen Elysium, um, and I had a really nice debate. Um, I saw it in Mexico, and I had a really nice debate because I didn't actually see. Um, something that the film was doing, which was talking about the social divide and where you have the poor people who speak Spanish on Earth and the rich people who speak English up in the ship. I'm not going to talk about it anymore because obviously um, I, I don't like spoiling things, but that's that's basically um, some of the, some of the storyline there. Um, and um, I, I I never really read that sort of way of looking at that film so i thought that was that was quite quite interesting obviously out of those three alien blade runner 2049 and elysium elysium is is the weakest but um it's still it's still a very solid film and all of these are are excellent choices um i love to rival as well i've only seen that once um i'm, I'm going to pay it another visit as well because um, very recently a lot of people have been telling me Arrival is just fantastic I love District 9 I, I saw that blind, I didn't see any trailers for that and I went awesome. into it and I just went this is an awesome film, This it's absolutely brilliant, it's produced by Peter Jackson and yeah the, the effects in it are are, are great um, it's a shame I have to take out Blade Runner, it's one of my favourite sci-fi films of all time but you know, weigh it up. I think Alien, Blade Runner 2049 and Elysium as a triple bill in the cinema would not be a bad night out. All right. I am between rows one and three for myself. Uh, cause I, of this, so the films of 
the nine films we have here, 2049 is my favorite. I think 2049 is the best science fiction film we've had in the past couple decades. Um, Benedict, I'm with you. I think Elysium, I think the problem with Elysium, Benedict, is not, not that it's a bad movie. I think it's actually a very good movie, but it didn't live up to the hype. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And District, you know, District 9 was so, so good. It was, isn't it? That being said, I am going to go row three, strictly four, because I think of the nine films here, Amy Adams gives the best performance I've ever seen in a science fiction film. She is remarkable in this mm-hmm. movie. I mean, she is up there with Sigourney Weaver, Ben, in terms of like great science fiction performances. Uh, she is emotional it's an emotional devastating performance and i think prometheus does not get the love it deserves i think the movie's a lot of fun it's terrifying i think it delves a little too much into lore at points benedict ben and dk there's still some disturbing sequences um including a certain extraction sequence that terrified the shit out of me yeah yeah and if you know you know if you know you know yeah. And then District 9 is one of the most underappreciated science fiction films of the past Absolutely. 20 years. Uh, it is a wonderful film. Um, so yeah, I'm going to go row 3-2, Benjamin. It's it, 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 That's a remarkable, because you get a little bit of, of, of like, you know, drama and straight up action and straight up, you know, kind of horror sci-fi. So you get a, you get a bit of both. You get a bit of a, of a lot of genres with row 3, I feel like. Now, with that being said, Ben, uh, I know Dune Part one, you and I kind of both agree that visually it is spectacular. I know I look, we're, we're recording this before we do our new segment, and I probably have gushed about doing part two for a half an hour, but I am very excited for TK, for Ben, and for Benedict, for all of you to see doing part two because it is. <laughs> I hate to say, I'm not going to say it because it's too early. I'm, it's, like, I, it's been 24 hours, but. It is definitely in debate for one of the greatest science fiction films ever made. I will leave it at that. Like the hype around that is statement is real. I didn't want to believe it, but then coming out of it, the film leaves you on such a high. So I'm excited for all of you to see it. That's all I'm going to say on that subject matter. Can I just say one thing on it? So yes. when the first first trailer came out, it's it, it's gonna sound like a hot take, but bear with me on it. When the first trailer came out, I wasn't impressed by it. And this was like a year ago, but this is when they were going to release it, you know, last year. Because I was like going, why are they not making a meme of this, of Timothy Chalamet riding a sandworm? That looks so stupid. And also, you are probably spoiling a very good moment in the film. Um, I, I have I'm very passionate about trailers spoiling films uh, because you know if you're a regular movie goer you go in and you see these trailers so often uh, that you know eventually you have it in your mind when's when's he going to ride the sandworm when's he going to ride the sandworm and then you start working out other plot points and you realize you've just spoiled everything so I thought mm, I'm not really that bothered um, by it and I'm like <gasps> you know and everything like that. But then Christopher Nolan started stepping in and uh, talking to Denise Villeneuve about this this film. And I was just like going, okay, this is a guy I respect, so I'm going to listen to what he has to say. Uh, we've lost Rod, um, but uh, he'll come back. 
listen to what he has to say. And he actually turned it around for me um, and said, you know, let's, uh, and I said, okay, let's give it a chance. So I think I'm going to go into June part two with slightly low expectations in the hope that it lives up to Vod's greatest science fiction film ever made. I hope it's like that. And I would very much like to hear what Ben and TK have to say on it as well. Um, if if their anticipations are the same or different or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I can. I, I kind of agree a little bit. Uh, I remember hearing about, I haven't read the books, but I, I knew there was sandworm writing and stuff in the movie. Um, but but seeing that trailer did kind of pull me in because I thought it looked cool. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And then that, of course, the subsequent trailers have really pulled me in and uh, all the all the hype has gotten me very, very excited. So interested to see what Rod says and what we all think uh, coming out of it. And TK? Yeah, I always get I, I loved the first one that came out a few years ago so much that I always get a little bit nervous about a sequel um and i had been hearing a lot of really positive things and so i wanted to go in kind of cautiously optimistic but i do i really um trust rod and rod's taste so that rod like that rod is so excited about it um and i and i think we like have responded similarly to stuff before makes me feel very um very confident that i'm gonna have a really good time Mm. um so i mean the the thing about dune that really struck me last time uh, that with the one that came out a couple years ago is just like the the visuals and the sound design and like if to be immersed in that world again is just something i'm so excited for like i said i'm excited for now that i'm back i'm excited for all of you to to see this movie in in its full glory uh, all all three hours of it ben that fan preview they did they only showed 10 minutes of previews and i still didn't Mm -hmm. get out to like 10 o'clock uh so it is it's a long movie but it is you don't feel it at all good good you do not feel it at all so i will probably be repeating myself then because we haven't recorded our new segment yet but i i am just i'm very very excited for everyone to see this movie because i I do think it is a generational type sci-fi film i tk knowing you i think you're gonna enjoy it benedict knowing you i think you're gonna love it ben i'm very curious to hear what you think because you and i were very similar thoughts Mm -hmm. on that first film so Rod, I've got I've got one question but just before it goes over to Ben. Okay. This this question is this this might turn you a little bit. Okay. Um, I don't know. Um is it end game level? Is that what is that the is that it's funny you say that. It's funny you say that. Because I think the third act of this movie. Well, I'm not gonna say it's better than endgames, because I don't think any third act will ever top endgame for me. It is on that same level. It's on the same level. Okay. The third act of this movie is fucking awesome. Right. And also, I wanted to ask you, is this the end of it, or is there a part three? No, they... I'm I'm going to go ahead and tiny, tiny, tiny spoiler. They, it, it feels more complete of an ending than the first one, but they definitely leave it open for a part three. Just because I think audience, uh, the audience that I was with when I saw the first one really didn't know that there was a part two coming. And when it yeah. came up as, you know, end of part one or whatever it says at the end, uh, they went, oh! <laughs> yeah, they, they, they they leave it 
open for a third movie. That's all I'm going to say. Like, I don't want to spoil the movie. Right, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. No spoilers, but yeah, okay, right. So there's potential for a third movie. But well, you I think it's going to happen. Enough for it to, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I, I just think Denis needs a break because after between doing these back-to-back, I feel like Denis is going to take some time off. and mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. For he his said, mental health. Yeah, he said, because we talked the other day, uh, that Denis was interested in doing a third one. Um but then after that would would hand it off. That's what I've read. Yeah. Potentially. I, I think but if they anyway. do do the third one, I think they should probably stop after that. Because honestly, mm-hmm. Ben, I'd be okay if they didn't do another one. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, but, that always I, I mean, I think that's what happened with the books too. And I, I've only read the first book, and my understanding is that these two films are mostly based in that first book, like maybe right. a little bit of okay. stuff from like the books that came after. But there were several other books that Frank Herbert wrote in the series, and then Frank Herbert's son took over and wrote mm-hmm. more books. So, I mean, there's definitely, especially if it's so profitable, there's, I could see there being interest in keeping Dune going, but I would be reluctant to see it in the hands of anybody other than Denis. And mm-hmm. I, I'm with you too. Like, there. At a certain point, you do want things to end and feel contained. Um, but knowing that there's so much potential source material out there, you know, mm-hmm. they certainly could keep going. And they are going to, or have they already started production on like a a side story? Yeah. So there's a series coming out on HBO Max, or sorry, on Max. Max right? Yeah. Uh, that's supposed to come out. I think Rebecca Ferguson says coming out at the tail end of this year. So okay. Oh, so it must be well into production then. Okay. It, ha- it has to be. Uh, okay. By, by the way, if you're a Rebecca Ferguson fan, she is remarkable. If you're a Zendaya fan, Ben, uh, she is something else. If you're a Florence Pugh fan, I will say this. She has more screen time in Oppenheimer than in this movie. So if you're a Florence Pugh fan. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Yeah. Uh, you are another Florence Pugh fan, obviously. So, okay. We got that out. No, 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 no. I mean, I-, I am a Florence Pugh fan. Oh, it's oh, you mean the other better. Okay, right. Yeah. So no, I love Florence Pugh. Uh, she she was actually in Oxford. Um, her mm. dad runs a cafe in Oxford. I remember hearing about that. I love Florence Pugh as well. I love Rebecca Ferguson too. It's it's such a good cast. It it is a remarkable cast. So yeah, like I said, I, I tried not to hype you guys up too much. I think I did my job a little. I, anyway, yeah, I feel I think I failed absolutely. on that. No test, way. But we'll have an opportunity to talk about it at another point. At, at another point, but Benedict. We had an idea for a podcast episode. Uh, see, TK, you see what I did there, TK? You see what I did there? I gave a little shout out. I gave a little shout out there uh, for a podcast episode where you were going to be a judge and do a debate episode. Yeah. That plan fell through, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately. because our third competitor had had previous plans. Uh, and so was not able to. Whoops! Whoops! Attend. I just put myself on mute. I did not see that. Uh, we had previous obligations. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you, yeah. Ben. But speaking of which, he actually just called me. Yeah. Uh, but we're gonna work around this anyway. Yeah, guys, and we are going to do a little bit of a roundtable discussion. Now, Ben, we kind of had we did the, a little similar episode like this. I think for our 2023. Year in review, I think that was the episode we did. Sort of like a roundtable mm-hmm, discussion. Mm-hmm. Was it that episode? I think it was. Sounds right. I can't remember. All right, something. Sometime late last year, we did it. We did that. Uh, so, Benedict came up with three questions. I came up with three questions. 
which now that I think about it, it seems kind of backwards because I was competing, so I don't know why I came up with questions. <laughs> um, so this actually works out perfectly. Yeah. But anyway, um, we are going to just discuss these questions in an open forum. We'll we'll have a little bit of a time limit here, but make sure we're not going overly long on all the questions. That way we can we make sure we get TK to bed. One for days, couldn't we? we yes, we, we do. We do. And I want to make sure TK comes back on this episode, so we have to get her to bed at a good time. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Benedict, I'm not really worried about you, Benedict. Exactly. Benedict, I'm not worried, worried about you. I know yeah, you'll come you, back. You don't, you don't care that it's uh, yeah, yeah, half uh, 12. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's exactly. No, and I'm, ben, I'm, you have no choice. So. I have no choice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Both Ben's <laughs> have no choice. Yeah. So. TK just gave me a signal that we need to go ahead and get started. So, first question. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I'm just going to ignore that question. Um, Ben, here's what we're going to do. Okay. We're going to go back and forth on the questions that you and I came up with. And I'm, I'm going to start with one of my, because I'm going to end on one of your questions, because I think one of your questions might take up the longest time. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I want to start on one of my questions that's probably going to take up the, the least amount of time. And then we'll end on a very good topic. And I think I think you and I are both on the same wavelength in terms of which question is the perfect to land on or to end on. Uh, so with that being said, I'm acting like you guys haven't seen the questions, but anyway, uh, speaking of Ben and TK, uh, but yeah, we'll start with this one, Ben. Okay. What will be the next $2 billion film? I think that's an interesting question because I did not expect Ben to see another $2 billion film post-pandemic for a while. Mm-hmm. Then the way of water came out and made two billion dollars mm-hmm. legally. It made two billion dollars, <laughs> so. right? Yeah, legally. Thank you, Benedict. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. very, very, very important. Legally, legally made two billion dollars. Yeah, legally made two billion dollars. But ben, the question is, what? Because you know, people always want to know what's next. What's the next two billion dollars? Are we ever going to get hit three billion? No. Uh, are we ever going to? What's but what's the next two billion dollar film? I hope, you know, I want to start with TK. TK has had some time to think about it. So TK, in your mind, in your estimation, as your cat now enters the conversation, what is the next $2 billion film? So I thought about, I did think about this a little bit. And I think that the next Avatar film will make over $2 billion. Yeah. I I feel confident in in that prediction. Before, before we, does anyone else have that same opinion before we... Before I ask Ben and, and Benedict, well, I'd like to hear a bit more about what TK's got. If she, if, uh, she might have more than one answer there it, it, with Avatar. So okay, yeah. well, that was like without your main I answer. Agree, I agree with her. Uh, okay. Yeah, okay, so I'll let you two kind of discuss. For, oh, Ben, you too. I agree. Yeah. Okay, well, so we all agree. Avatar three. Then all right, so we'll <laughs> <Okay>. all discuss. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah my, that's it. Yeah. My only asterisk would be if. If the next Avengers film were to come out before the next Avatar film, would the next Avengers film make over $2 billion? But I think with the state of what, where the Avengers franchise is at right now, and I think there was literally just some news that came out about like Nixon Kang Dynasty, that does not make me feel too confident. And if it, I think unless an Avengers film came out that promised Robert Downey Jr. or Chris Evans or like any of like the OGs, I don't think that an Avengers film is is going to make two billion dollars in the next couple of years if it's centered around some of the characters who have it, like Ant Man and Captain Marvel and char- like characters I love, but characters who have not carried um, a lot of uh, you know record breaking numbers uh, in the past couple of years. And and I think that Jonathan Majors as Kang like 
was a, a promising future for the Avengers franchise. And given that that's changing now, I, I don't have as much confidence in, in the next Avengers film getting there. Mr. Lewis, would you like to go next, sir? Yeah, yeah. Um, TK's brought up two, two great franchises. I share her concern with the Avengers one. Um, it, I mean, as it probably does you guys, you know, it that, that stings my heart every time I say that. Um, but yeah, I sadly have to admit it with the, with the current state. And Marvel are very good at keeping things close to the chest. So whether Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans do make a comeback, uh, they're not going to announce that before the movie. Um, they're just going to do what they're doing with the Spider-Men and, you know, release rumours. So whether, you know, Tobey Maguire becomes a leader of the Avengers is a rumour at the moment. Um, uh, it, it might become true. Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, you know, another one. You know, it's still a rumour. You know, Hugh Jackman did say he was giving up the role. Now he's coming back with Deadpool 3. Um, Deadpool 3 might be... Uh, a two billion dollar one. Um, I very much doubt it, but um, you've got to put it on the list because they are trying to reinvigorate it, and it's the only Marvel film coming out this year, isn't it? So, um, yeah, that's what they've got going for it. Star Wars needs to be mentioned as well. Um, Star Wars is an interesting one because we were talking about June, and um, that kind of is a paradox to that in a way, isn't it? Um, because you know you've got so much source material with June. You think, well, there's lots of directors that can do things with it. There are going to be some rubbish directors, and then there's going to be some good directors. So Gareth Edwards did a very good one of, of Rogue One. I think he did Rogue One. Um, you know, I, I absolutely love Rogue One. But then you've got, you know, Solo, and, you know, it's... Yeah, so it, it's a bit uh, hit and miss with that one. So it'd be interesting to see where they go with Star Wars. And if they pick something good then that has the potential to be um, a $2 billion one. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to agree with TK with the, the Avatar one. James Cameron said, if the third one doesn't do well, there won't be a fourth and fifth one. I think what he is saying is, if they don't make $2 billion, we're not going to make, you know, uh, four, four or five. So it, does, it doesn't matter whether it is a huge success. It needs to make that amount of money for them to go on to do it. And it seems that Avatar is probably, um, you know, on its way to do that. But I think my viewpoint on it, um, and it's a very Hollywood answer to say this, you really don't know with what, what to expect with movies and what takes to people and capturing the zeitgeist and everything like that. Uh, it's impossible to tell um, with what, what, what will make a movie um, very successful. So, um, you know, um, it's, it's all very well saying where waters, you know, made the next $2 billion, but um, Avatar three might not, people might have got bored with it. You know, they're like going, oh, you know, it's taken so many years to come out. I don't really want to go and see it. And they've moved on to the, to the next thing. So, um, yeah, it's it's a very easy question to answer, but a very difficult question one to answer that as well um, for the pundits. So I put an asterisk by well with Avatar 3. And it's not because of Avengers. Because the next, as Avatar 3 comes out next year, December. Mm. Yeah, I think Avengers is not coming out until 2026, TK. Whatever so. Avengers 5 is going to be called. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize Avatar 3 was coming out that soon. I know they started production on it like okay. before The Way of Water even came out. Yeah. Um, 
and they're going back for reshoots sometime this year. If not, they have already. And I think they've actually been like already started production on Avatar four. So yeah, yeah clearly we're going to get Avatar four. That being said, the one thing I'm pessimistic, but cautious about Ben going into Avatar three, are people going to sit down for another three hour plus movie on Pandora? Because the last one was almost two and a half or three and a half hours. It was like three hours and that, 15. That's a crucial like that. bit there saying about Pandora, because I mean, you're saying June is that way, but you're willing to sit through that, but you're not yes. willing to sit through Pandora. Coming 24 hours out of fresh out of Doom Part 2. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I'd rather not sit through three and a half hours of Pandora. I'll sit through three and a half hours of Arrakis again. <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> I mean, ask me again, Benedict, in a couple in a couple months. Now, I'm someone who thinks Avatar: The Way of Water is better than the first Avatar, uh, but uh, Benedict, uh, Benedict, Benedict, I I don't know what the state of Avatar will be in another year and a half or so. Will it look as good? Will it look is twice enough? Will people be as amazed with the visuals a third time around? Because you know, Ben, we talked about it in that spoiler review we did a couple of years ago with Tyler, like that the visuals, just the water sequences were so beautiful. Like something we'd never seen before. So what will James do this time to get us back in the theater? I'm, I'm like, and James Cameron we trust, right? I think. I do. Well, so obviously Ben next going opening night. We'll be there opening night, I'm sure. What will our excitement be, Ben, for Avatar because this movie was supposed to come out this year, and it got pushed back a whole year. Like I said, we'll be excited, but what will the what will the visual appeal be this time around? Because I think that's the way we all go. Because if we're talking story wise, while there are certain elements that are new, Ben, it is basically not a paint by numbers, but it has very similar story beats of the first film, mm-hmm. and there is a whole environmental sequence. That kind of stops the movie for about 25 minutes. <laughs> While it's an important and it's a good sequence, it kind of halts the movie, yeah. right? But it still made $2.3 billion worldwide. So that's that's my thing. What will the visual appeal be to go back to Pandora? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I can just go back to Animal Kingdom Ben and, and ride the far <laughs> passage. Yeah. That's a good point. Exactly. Now, obviously, going to the theater will be a lot cheaper than going back to Disney World, but, you know. I rest my case. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, Avatar three is is uh, yeah my choice as well. Um, I think people will be pulled back. Um, I think we kind of questioned, you know, uh, with Way of Water, how long or after how long it's been. We're like, oh, how much money? And then it just dominated <laughs> the box office. Um, and maybe part of that too is because it's it's pushing for IMAX and three D um, and everything with the the visual. So. That helps somewhat, I guess, but I feel like all all tickets are kind of expensive now. Um, but yeah, I think there will be enough pull. Uh, and we we don't absolutely love the movies. I think I at least I don't. I enjoy them. I like you know going to watch them. And you say in, in Jimmy C, we trust uh, is what you said. I think. Um, but. Yeah, he, he, I always appreciate his uh, technical stuff, prowess, um, and uh, I, I think no matter what it is, it'll, uh, it'll it'll pull in the audiences. I think that one too is going to the next um, last Airbender uh, topic of fire. 
is uh, <laughs> Fire yeah. Nation. That's what we'll get to, which which sounds really cool, and hopefully uh, a lot more action and stuff maybe with that. So. Anyway. I just don't want them to like, all right, we have to relocate again. Let's go pack up and let's move yeah, to the sure. Fire Nation tribe and let's let's learn the ways of the fire. I I, I I don't. Yeah. Let's let's have some and then Stephen Lang's consciousness bank got transferred to a different <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. But we'll probably be eating our words in a, in a year and be like, that was amazing. So mm-hmm. anyway. All right. So I'm glad we all agreed. Now, TK, I on your Avengers thing, not King Dynasty. But if Marvel's back to Marvel, as we all know and love it to be, Secret Wars, mm-hmm. definitely $2 billion. Mm-hmm. King Dynasty, I, well, actually, excuse me, it's not even called King Dynasty anymore, right. but whatever Avengers Final is going to be, I, I don't think so. I I, I, I have my doubts about $2 billion for that Avengers 5. But like I said, King, Secret Wars, if it's back to that Marvel band that we all love mm-hmm. from, you know, the Infinity Saga days, <sighs> the good old days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think we can, we can definitely. I I, I will safely say two billion. Yeah, yeah. I, th- and, I think that's a good point. Yeah. Do you guys think that Spider Man No Way Home could have cracked two billion if it had yes. come out at a slightly different? Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, that's always puzzled me that why it didn't. Um, you know, because yeah, that 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 was Marvel back to its its original quality. I think the one thing Marvel is getting a little bit cocky about, and it's it's with the Marvels uh, and everything like that, its least successful movie of all time, is people were still paying go and see it. So the Marvels didn't actually do really badly, like people say. Um, at the box office, it did all right because Marvel is still making superhero movies. We're still telling them, please keep making superhero movies. Um, so um, it, it it wasn't so bad that it, it told Marvel like okay let's take a, the foot mm-hmm. off the gas um, and and do that. It has to a little bit of an extent, but um, not not to a huge extent. And with things like Secret Wars um, and the Kang Dynasty or whatever the Avengers film is going to be next, people are going to be putting their money down, um, you know, digitally and. Um, actually physically on the desk and say take my money I'm just going to go and see it um, it doesn't matter what it is I, I need to see this Avengers movie um, because that that's the way it's going to be so yeah I completely agree it is going to make money regardless of what we say all right well let's move on Benedict to one of your questions uh, Benedict, yeah. since, you, since you made up these questions I will let you choose which one well, except the one that you and I are thinking about that's we should save for last Okay. Um, even though we actually haven't spoken it out loud. Yes, well, I would like to we're, go. We're, yeah, we're, we're okay. communicating well, like this. Hopefully, better. hopefully, I'm not going to say it, but I want to go with that one. Can I go with that one? Mm-hmm. So I said, um, Bob Iger said recently that Marvel. That was only... actually the question I was thinking of. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Okay. I'll, I'll go on to another one. No, no, no. Okay. You want to do it? Let's, 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 let's go on and talk about yeah. it. Yeah. I just feel like we, we've been talking about it, so we're just like going. Let, let's. It's let's, the same. It's uh, the same state of Marvel. So let's keep talking it's, about it's, it. Yeah. It's the same thing, um, and I, I really want to know what your, your guys takes is on this. So Bob Iger said recently that Marvel diluted focus and attention by making too many Disney Plus shows. Should Marvel reduce the amount of output to retain quality, or are there too many superhero movies now? So we're not just talking about Marvel. We're talking about all superhero movies there. But yeah, do you think Marvel has made a bit of a mistake 
and released too much? Or do you think, keep going, give give me as much as, as possible. I want to consume it. So Ben and I have talked about this a lot um, on the pod and, and sometimes via text. Um, I, 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 I'm, I'm in, I, I'm, I go back and forth on this one, Benedict, because I feel like if everyone was loving these projects, it wouldn't be as, as much a concern if everyone was in love with all the projects that were coming out, but people aren't loving it. So people are just, it's too much. It's too much. It's too much. Now we did hit a point in 2021 where it was like, we got like what nine projects just from the MCU alone. I mean, what four Disney plus shows and four movies. Yeah. Or no five. Yeah. Cause we had WandaVision, Falcon and Soldier, Hawkeye, Loki, Loki, and what if so five? Yeah, we had we had nine projects in the MCU in twenty twenty one. Now they have definitely, I think they've learned their lesson and they have scaled back as the years have gone on. And I think last year was kind of a breath of fresh air with that. While Secret Invasion, I don't think any of us here loved. I think Secret Invasion was a one of Marvel's biggest missteps in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we all here loved Loki season two. Uh, I I thought that was a masterpiece of a season and. The Marvels was fun, in my opinion. I I enjoyed myself with the Marvels. The movie that movie gets better with rewatch, and I liked it a lot. There we go. There we go. There we go. (laughs) And then Guardians Three, I thought was a masterpiece of the comic book genre. So we had. Did we have? Did we have one more? That was it, right? I feel like I'm missing something. Did you guys watch Echo? I haven't watched Echo yet. Okay, so we did have Echo this past year, uh, or this past year in January. No, no. I Ben and I were in different or were diff- had different opinions on that. I know Ben, you weren't as high on it as I was. The reason why I liked it a little bit more than he, I think the performances stuck more with me than I think they did for Ben. I think that's what we kind of came to. But him and I both agree that the tone was very inconsistent. Because mm. uh, after that first episode, Mark, Bob Iger came in and was like, <laughs> "Too dark." too dark let's 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 pull it back let's pull it back let's have some funny guys in here let's let's tell some jokes so but yeah the performance is still stuck with me tk but okay i think that it wasn't a mistake because part of it i believe on covid i think COVID was definitely had a lot to play into it so they, i don't think they had a choice but to release so many projects just to kind of get back on track with their timeline uh, but I do. I, I think the I think more of the mistake is not the output, but the attention on so many characters. Like we have, we are now in twenty twenty four, and we still have not have a definitive Shang Chi two. We have no Eternals. Yeah, I want to talk about that. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. we have no. I mean, we have no Eternals two. We have. Yeah. But then what else am I missing? I mean, we're missing a lot of follow up. What's going on with Hawkeye? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's going on with Kate Bishop? Now, obviously, there's some secret Young Avengers team forming. Uh, oh, that's right, guys. Uh, Doctor Strange went and hopscotched right. over to a, 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 a stop an incursion with Charlie Theron, and we have nothing. Yeah, nothing from that. Uh, it's been now three years, and we have no Spider-Man four. I think they're waiting too long for Spider-Man four. Now, Ben, you and I did say they need to take a break from Spider-Man after that ending. I, I didn't mean this long. Uh, so I don't think I've ever been that been this long, Ben. So, yeah, I think the attention on way too much like that. TK, like that masterpiece, uh, Werewolf by Night. 
the, the thing that was great. I literally going to just say that. Yeah, that's the, that mm-hmm. was the missing one, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. the greatest thing to ever come out on television. It, it is such a masterpiece. We are just all clamoring for everyone. more. Everyone <laughs> just jumping up and down in their seats. Your grandmother is going to love Werewolf by Night. I <laughs> promise you. It was okay. The next Empire Strikes Back, Werewolf <laughs> by Night. <laughs> I, I, I preach, TK. So, yeah, I, I, to answer your question, Benedict, in 20 minutes or less, um, it is just the not following up on certain new characters they introduced. That's that's my biggest problem with the MCU right now. Because I've actually liked a lot a lot of their stuff post-Endgame, to be honest with you. Um, I, I even like She-Hulk. I know a lot of people didn't. I, I enjoyed She-Hulk for what it was. Did it, did it have its faults? Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, I had yeah, fun yeah. with it. And Tatiana yeah. Maslany was not the problem with it. No, definitely not. No, she was definitely not. She was really, really good in it. I think the problem with it is the way they set up the MCU originally, it was all gearing up to a you know team team together film. So you got your Iron Man, you got your Thor. They had their original, you know, and then they put them in there. And then you got Avengers, and you got literally everybody in there. And then they just went right. That's the end of that. Now we're going on to phase four and everybody's like going, right, we've got Shang-Chi, we've got um, Eternals, right. And this is all going to build up to another Avengers movie where all of these people are coming in together. But the problem with that is, is you've released all of these films and you're just like going to be looking up on the screen and going, what's that Moon Knight? Um, Sorry, that was literally three seconds. And there's going to be people that absolutely love Moon Knight and go, great, fantastic. You know, he was that was a great a great thing. I really love that. I'd be really disappointed in the three seconds that he gets in the Avengers film. Um, and there's going to be people like going, who the hell's Moon Knight? Because they haven't got Disney Plus and, you know, they, they haven't watched it. Um, and then there'd be like, you know, there'd be other people like going, you know, oh, yeah, you're talking about Moon Knight. What about, you know, Werewolf by Night, you know, you know, and all this lot. And that's going to be a key, key thing. I think everybody's thinking that there's going the next Avengers movie is going to be this big team up and have all of this thing here. And I don't think it's going to be like that at all. I think um, Kevin Feige was was trying to go, no, we're, we're doing something different here. We're going to be going in, in in a different direction. It's not going to be, you know, end game level where everybody's together on the screen at the same time um, and fighting one big bad. It's going to be something completely different. Um, and I think that's where the expectations is going. And I think that that's part of the reasons why Shang-Chi and, and Eternals for me didn't work was because I was just like going, I, I can't see where this is going. I can't see what, what you're doing with it. And neither could Marvel. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but they, they haven't revealed anything regarding Shang-Chi 2 or um, Eternals. And um, you're just like going, you haven't got a plan here, have you? And now that the Kang dynasty is sort of, up in the air and whatever they're going to be doing with that um they're, they're sort of like going right okay let's not make it look like we're, we don't know what we're doing but we'll we'll just keep things under wraps and everything um and people are getting impatient with it um uh, in my opinion i certainly am i'm certainly going you know we need a direction now you know it's been five years since end game come on you know you've you've given us some good entertainment but we need a bit of a bit more direction just to kind of play devil's advocate to one of your points there, Bennett, before I let TK go next, is I think phase four, I was I is actually one of my favorite phases because it wasn't about the team ups. It was about phase four was all about kind of grief 
and loss and you know start you know the end of some things and the and new beginnings of other things so i was okay with that but i will agree with you on they haven't been clear on a thanos direction in terms of who is clearly the big bad here they sort of tease kang but then like other projects wouldn't even mention kang so now that we're done with kang the question is going to come up again is it doom is it galactus is it this person is it that you know I have had a conversation with someone on Instagram. Ben was like, are we going to get Avengers versus X-Men? It's way too early for that. Um, so I think Comic-Con and D23 especially is going to be really big for them this year to kind of get people's excitement level back for the MCU. Because if they, if they if they can get people's excitement back, then I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. But TK, go ahead. Yeah, I think you guys are, are raising a lot of interesting points. I have a lot of thoughts going on in my head. Um, I appreciate what you said, Rod, that it's not necessarily an output problem in terms of the quantity, but more so are these the stories that people are showing up for? And I agree with you as somebody who loved Phase 4, like Black Widow Nation always. Um, I know that Black Widow was more about the ending of of an earlier time period um, and, and one of my favorites, but... Florence Pugh as Yelena, like, where is she? Like, she could have come back into, onto the scene a lot earlier. I know she was in Hawkeye, which was awesome. Um, and people really responded very well to her and Haley Seinfeld in Hawkeye. So where have they been? Um, I I loved Shang-Chi. I also loved The Eternals, which I know is not quite as popular as, as, as Shang-Chi or as well-loved as Shang-Chi. No, 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 no. A lot, a lot of Eternals. <laughs> Here it is. Yeah, Between yes, the absolutely. two of us, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so... <laughs> ben, I, I, ben, ben, ben Saunders, too. Ben loves Eternals. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I, I'm I, I'm the minority here. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ben hates it. Ben, ben, ben dislikes it so much. <laughs> um, but I, I, think, I think that's... I, I think that's it. Um, I, I mean, I okay, WandaVision, a masterpiece in my opinion. Uh, and how many years have they been like, oh, we're going to do an Agatha show? Right now, do people care about an Agatha show anymore? I don't think mm. so. I don't think I do, but maybe within a year and a half of WandaVision's release, maybe I would have, right? Like, right? Like, where's the timing of of everything? Um, the Shang-Chi uh, post-credits, where was it? The mid-credits? It was one of the Shang-Chi. It was like, the first, text. it was the mid-credits scene, yep. The Correct. one with um, Hulk and Captain Marvel, right? Correct. The greatest so... post-credit scene since the first Iron Man movie. <laughs> but, it, but, you know, like we had the Marvels just come out and there was no connection back to Shang-Chi. I, I feel like the Marvel of a few years ago, like would have kept a lot of the connections tighter. I think that the kind of like doing your homework problem is kind of a double-edged sword because it's like, okay, so much output. I'm nervous because do I have to do all this homework before I can go see the Marvels? Do I have to do all this homework before I can go see Deadpool and Wolverine or whatever it is? And if the answer is yes, that's intimidating because there's so much output. But if the answer is no, that's also a communication of like, okay, so does Echo really matter? And I know Echo was even branded a little bit differently as the spotlight, right? So I know, I guess that they've tried that on, but um moon knight or secret invasion right if people thought that secret invasion was very important to seeing the marvels what effect might that have had if secret invasion wasn't important to seeing the marvels uh, for me personally i'm like oh like if it's not going to play into it then why am i invested in secret invasion so it's kind of a double-edged sword um brilliant point yeah but really? i don't know it's i i also think that some scarcity especially right now is is good um to get people excited again 
Um, so I, I have high hopes for, for Deadpool. Um, as somebody like the Deadpool movies have never really been my personal favorite, but I'm definitely excited for that film. And I'm, I'm excited for what it might mean in terms of like people kind of getting excited about Marvel again. Um, so we shall see. I don't know about you guys, but in the UK, Disney Plus has just announced it's going up by, and you can just equate this to dollars, 30 quid. So it's going from um, 79 um, pounds to 109 pounds. That is a massive leap. That must be the annual plan. That is a massive leap. And they know that everybody is going to be subscribed to Amazon Prime, Netflix, uh, and all this lot. And I have to choose. I have to choose because I don't have all the money in the world. Um, I have to choose, you know, which service I want to go with. So I've never had Apple TV. I know, big shock, but I've never had it. So I've never seen any of the Apple TV shows. Um, you know, I haven't had a big pool to go to go and watch it. But then I feel like if you're going to persuade me to do that, then I'm, I'm going to be pulled away from other shows on Netflix and Amazon Prime and, and doing that. So Disney Plus have got a huge commitment to go, right, if you're going to raise the price by that much, because that's a huge hike, then you have to justify it. And now they're saying, oh, oh we're not going to have anything coming out except Deadpool 3 this year. I'm like going, Really? You want us to keep going. Um, and Bob Iger said, you know, Disney Plus is struggling at the moment. You know, um, you know, the, 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 there's not as many subscribers to it as they were anticipating. So they're trying everything to pull them in. And I think that's where this influx of shows has also come in. They're trying to get people uh, engrossed. Um, but the thing I'm getting a little bit tired of at the moment is 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 kind of the the, the woke attitude towards it, which um, I, I I don't really appreciate, uh, which is talking about the first Asian you know superhero. Well, yeah, okay, great, um, but shouldn't you have that already? Um, you know, the first woman superhero, Captain Marvel. I'm just like going. Well, that's great. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll back that. You know, I, I love the message behind it. But really, you should have had that ages ago. You know, um, that's not something to brag about, <laughs> you know, um, uh, and all these things. And they seem to be a bit more focus on that wokeness, on, on, on um, you know, focusing on that and going, look at us, we're diverse. Look at us, we're, we're you know, putting this and all that. Lot. Great messages, guys, but you're losing the focus and this is what Bob Iger was saying, and I, I completely agree with him. You're losing the focus of the stories that Marvel put forward. And they're great stories. And that's what you really should be focusing on. Um, and it doesn't matter who plays it. If it's a black Spider-Man, great, you know. I'll get behind that, you know, and everything like that. But make the story great. Don't make it about him being black, you know. Um, and it being about a woman and celebrating womanhood. Yeah, we'll celebrate that in our own time. That's great. You know, um, I absolutely love that message and I'll support that 100%. But I don't need to be told to support it because that's something that should already be uh, we, we should be doing. Um, and I know that's a hot take still in this society, but that, that's my feeling on it. Well, there's a lot to unpack there, Benedict. Yeah. And yeah. for time's sake, I'm going to move on. One, well, I'm going <laughs> to unpack one of those things and then we're going to okay. I'm going to let Ben give his two cents. Um, I, I'm going to leave the, the woke thing alone, but I will say yeah. in terms of the, the streaming thing, no, 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 it's fine. Uh, in terms of the streaming thing, I, I, I want to say 
And we're gonna talk. I mean, I know streaming was actually one of your questions, which I think is probably the question we're gonna end on. But I, I think it's more than just a Marvel thing. I think Disney Plus as mm. a whole could do better with their event television because HBO Max or God, Ben Max. It is like okay, we just had True Detective. I see the last season, which I didn't really all care for that much, Ben. But that was still event television, right? Now we're going through Curb Your Enthusiasm, which I'm loving, by the way. While that isn't like event television, Ben, it's still like I got to watch this, you know, every Sunday or Monday morning. And then we've got a Kate Winslet show coming out next week. And then we got House of Dragon in the summer. It's like constant nonstop. Disney Plus is like, hey, we've got this coming out in January. Acolytes coming out in June. In between, um, here's the making of Bob Iger's Kitchen. <laughs> who wants to see Iger's kitchen exactly <laughs> come so, with me <laughs> exactly and here yeah. is uh Kathleen Kennedy's back porch it looks mm. wonderful so I mean it's more than just the Marvel I think Disney Plus has done a pretty piss poor job of doing a yeah. television when mm. Netflix is like every other day Ben as we always joke around here because they are terrible at marketing their shows and movies because um, a lot of their shows are usually fucking phenomenal. And then HBO Max, mm-hmm. I'm like, I just, yeah, well, Netflix movies usually suck. And then Amazon Prime, then usually like once a month, you've got some sort of event television, like Mr. and Mrs. Smith was fucking awesome. I love that show so much. Reacher. Uh, Reacher. Uh, right now, I'm watching this uh, Expats with Nicole Kidman, which is a phenomenal drama. So you've got event television every month. Even Apple TV Plus has new episodes of something every yeah. single fucking week. Disney Plus. Not so much. Hey, we acquire Morbius March 1st. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> so I I don't, I don't yeah, they've dropped the ball. And Bob Argus gonna say they're like, Whoa, I don't know why Disney Plus is struggling so much. We've got one division. That was three years ago, Iger. But, you know, Loki was great. Okay, what's next? Mm. You got to get people to keep paying that annual or monthly subscription. Or in Ben's case, using my subscription every month. So, you know, you got it. Oh, oh, sorry, Ben. Sorry. That's right. That's right. Password sharing is illegal. I'll give you his address later, Iger. But anyway. <laughs> so, Ben, go ahead. Uh, I will. I'll be quick on this. Y'all, y'all have all made excellent points, and as I thought of something, y'all would say it. So, uh, which is which is great uh, material. So, uh, it's great conversation. I will just go. I mean, probably an easier route, I guess. But with the, the quality, um, it, it's yeah. If if we keep up the quality um, that we've had, like we've been saying kind of earlier on, and we've touched on that with you know, how connected and close everything felt before instead of nowadays just dropping hints at stuff that we're going to get five years later or maybe not at all um all, all those those uh in credit scenes of the first several movies which i know were you know they were more spaced out and everything and then more connected like we're saying but it, it was for the next movie or maybe the one after that and now it's just <laughs> it's kind of throwing in something for the hell of it sometimes it seems um so anyway uh but yeah keeping keeping the quality and i think we do hear conversations a lot now of are there too many superhero movies and and products and i think 
a part of that is because of the quality. Uh, if everything was really good, I think there wouldn't be as much uh, conversation <laughs> about that. Um, and I know that's yeah. a broad, a broad big ask. <laughs> um, and all these projects, or most of them, have all different directors and creative teams and everything. Um, so I, I understand that as well. But yeah, if if everything was and it doesn't have to be the the biggest thing ever. I think we would get tired if if we had Werewolf by Night every <laughs> month. You know, people saying how how great this is changes the genre. Um, I, I think just just good material that um, you know we we can all get behind um, and and appreciate. That worked, didn't it? As as a fifty minute um, sort of TV or or mini movie, didn't it? That was mm-hmm. that was the magic of of that particular. Mm-hmm. Um, project was that they they didn't turn it into a longer story. Yeah. Um, I think Samuel L. Jackson said that uh, for Secret Invasion, if they'd made that into a movie, it would probably have been better. Um, I'm likely to agree as well. It wasn't a particularly good um, adaptation of the graphic novel either, but um, in fact, it was it was very far from it. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah there's, there's some good points there. Okay. So we're going to move on now. This was a great, great conversation. I feel like Ben, we could do a whole episode just on the state of Marvel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, we've Absolutely. done it before. Yeah, these questions we can, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But we're going to move on. And for time's sake, we're not going to talk about James Bond because I feel like this is the next easiest question we can talk about in a minute or less. Uh, who should be the next James Bond? Who should be the next James Bond? Uh, or, uh, you know, I'll say a minute and a half uh, just so in case someone has another answer they want to give. Uh, I so haven't got go. any answer, so yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna let my buddy Ben Saunders go first because he is the biggest Bond fan that I know, other than Benedict. So, uh, Ben Saunders, take it away, sir. Well, I did a quick uh, Google search too, just to tell you behind the scenes. But I, uh, and honestly, in my heart, I would like a someone that I haven't seen before, or at least someone that I don't know the name of just yet. Um, I feel like that's kind of kind of what they've done before. I know. There's actors that have been in other stuff and and you know big shows, um, but I think relatively was kind of more up and coming people. Um, so yeah, and in my heart of hearts, that's kind of more uh, what I what I'd hope for. But there's been some good names uh, thrown around as well. I'm looking at a list here too. Uh, Reggie Jean Page. I feel like he would be he would be pretty good. Um, and there's some people too this could be a whole conversation as well but i don't know they're like henry henry cavill i like him but i i don't really see him as as james bond he as was, much he would be he a was different kind one of, of my dream choices for a while there ben yeah mm-hmm. um yeah and there's there's some other names thrown around that i'm kind of like ah, I, I don't know if i can quite see it um but it's just because they're they're huge and popular right now and that's what a lot of people <laughs> uh want so uh, anyway, I'm I'm interested to see what other names we have, but Reggie John Page coming up on here would be would be cool and and different for the franchise. Okay, uh, Benedict, you want to go next? I have I've got an answer. I'd like to see what TK thinks. All right, well, let's go TK then. TK, why don't you go yeah. next? Yeah. So, admittedly, I'm not a huge Bond fan, and that that's not because I'm not. I, I don't like 
the uh, franchise. It's just because, or the various franchises within uh, the Bond IP, but it's just because I'm I'm not super familiar. Um, I I'm probably most familiar with the most recent films, the Daniel Craig films, and and I do enjoy those. Um, so I I don't have a very strong opinion. I, I like what Ben said about somebody who maybe we're not thinking about already. Um, but someone who I think has been, you, you probably know if you have a list in front of you, but somebody who I, whose name I think I have heard in, in the conversation before who I really like is, um, Aaron Taylor Johnson. And he is someone who I do think like I, I could see in carrying uh, a franchise like that. Um, and I just always enjoy watching him. So he was on my mind. That's a good choice. TK. I like that choice. He was one of my runner-ups, actually, TK, for uh, for taking the taking the prize there. But I'm going to go with someone who been on the younger side, so he can play Bond for a while. But I think he's got definitely. I want to make sure I use this in the right way, but he's got the the looks, I guess. Bond and or Ben and T. I almost called Ben Bo- Ben Bond uh, Ben and TK for for Bond. Uh, but he's an actor, an actor I've been fond of for the past couple of years, ever since seeing him in, you know, first in Euphoria and then Saltburn. I'm going to go with Jacob Elordi. He has really impressed me over the past few years. And Ben knows I am a big Euphoria fan. I love him in that show. And uh, I love, I, I quite enjoyed Saltburn. I thought he was great in it. And although I did not love Priscilla, I thought he was pretty good, pretty good in Priscilla. Um, I, I'm just, Ben, I have a feeling I don't think he's gonna get the job, but I just he's he's got that charisma, that that kind of charm, and that that youngness to him, where like he could really be Bond for the next 10, 15 years, if excuse me, they go in that direction. Now I do I did have a female choice, and you know she's older than. This is more of a fanboy choice for me because I love her as an actress. Uh, Ben's gonna you know be like, oh my god, I can't believe you chose that person. But she is my second favorite actress uh, right now, and that is Emily Blunt. And after mm-hmm. seeing Edge of Tomorrow, yeah. I way back when then, um, I she's got the action chops. Like Emily Blunt's done everything at this point, but she hasn't really let a franchise give her a franchise to work with. Mm-hmm. And if the Broccoli's are going to go down, then that path of let's go female, which I don't think they are going to, because that's just going to piss off a lot of people. Um, that would be, I think, her or Charlie's throne would be a great choice. More Emily Blunt, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'll say this though, Ben, and I'll, then I'll shut up. But not George. What's what's her name, Ben? Um, Lashana Lynch convinced me in no time that she could pull off Bond if she, if if they go that direction, if yeah, they continue awesome. on in that saga. But obviously, they're gonna have a t- do a different timeline, and whatnot. But she was a great 007 for the hour she was 007. <laughs> ben. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm I done. do like how they tried the water with that. They're yeah. like, right, let's use 007 as a code name rather than as you know James Bond and everything. And then yeah. yeah. Craig said, but, "Yeah, I, I don't think so. Uh, uh-uh, uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't like that. No, no, no. All right, okay, right, okay." Right. Benedict, it's your turn, and Daniel yeah. Craig is taken, so you can't use those. Daniel Craig. Those were those are great choices, Rod. Um, in fact, Aaron Taylor Johnson's a good choice as well. Um, they are like Barbara Rockley's recently just said, I don't want to say too much, but we are trying to rethink like Casino Royale. 
uh, the whole franchise and everything like that. Um, and so there's there's um, an entertaining um, possibility of a TV series now that Amazon Prime's got hold of the rights. Um, and one thing that I thought was interesting was Pierce Brosnan has never really liked giving up the role. Um, you know, I think he famously found out that Daniel Craig got the role at um, the MTV Movie Awards, uh, which is absolutely heartbreaking. I don't think that's true, but, um, you know, it's, it's uh, an interesting watch nonetheless. And one idea that I had was um, him reflecting on his life as a younger Bond for a TV series um, and how he came to be Bond. Um, and so that allows him to, you know, come back and then um, and all that lot. So that, 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 that was my idea for that. And uh, I thought that would be good. Um, to watch um, because I would like to see Piers Brosnan come back to the role. Um, I do agree with you guys that I think it should be more of an unknown. Um, the problem with um, it, the, the source material is that you've got Bond in his uh, late 40s, early uh, 50s. Um, so to have an actor like that, then, yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult to try and find an unknown um so um yeah they're probably going to have to go back to like daniel craig's original age which was his early 30s um to to talk about that and that would put henry cavill and Aaron taylor johnson in, into it as well i don't see any difference um putting an american in it as well i mean american can do a british accent um you know we had george lasonby um you know, do it. Um, so um, I'm not saying he was American, he was Australian, but, um, you know, um, he, um, yeah, he he did um, um, a reasonable job for it. A lot of people do like on Her Majesty's Secret Service. So, uh, yeah, um, sorry to bore you guys, but I, like, I could I could talk about this and I know it's meant to be like a hot minute, but uh, yeah, that, that that's my take on it, basically. And there is, I think, a young James Bond book series I'm not wrong. Yes, wrong. Charlie Hickson. Yeah. So if they wanted to follow that <laughs> loosely, yeah. maybe that would be cool too. That's that's cool. Okay. Idea. So last question before we move on, real quick. Um, yes or no to the following question: Do we get a new Bond movie before the decade is up? I say yes. A decade. Beth. Yeah, yeah. I say no. Ooh, TK. I'm very, I'm very curious as to why you're saying no, but I would think, I would think yes by the end of the decade. But why are you saying no? Um, because I think they're probably with Amazon Prime. I think they're probably looking more to TV series um, and various other things. They did 007 Road to a Million uh, recently. That came to mixed uh, reviews, um, uh, and I, I don't think, I, I don't think they're going to do it um, with the Daniel Craig ones. Um, Quantum of Solace really chucked a, um, a, a sidewinder there because of the writer's strike. Um, and, um, you know, they were going to do it every two years. And then Skyfall came out four years after that. And then Spectre three years after that. And then, you know, No Time to Die because of COVID came out, um, you know, even later than that. So, um, you know, the, the rhythm sort of went there. And they'd need to have that rhythm to keep James Bond relevant. Um, and so if you're going to release a James Bond movie by the end of the decade, that means in two years, you're going to have to have another James Bond. Otherwise, no point. You know, you, you, you're losing it. Um, and you're just basically just bringing him back and uh, he'll just dwindle away and nobody, nobody care about it anymore. So you need to keep that, that ball rolling. So um, what I'm, 
basically saying with that is if you have a James Bond movie in mind, have another one as well to get that ball rolling and, and keep it franchisable. I like what they did with Daniel Craig. You know, there was a, a, a continuing story. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's why I don't think, you know, before the end of the decade. Um, but I'd like to be proven wrong. I'd love to be proven wrong on that one. All right. You guys ready to move on to the next question? Let's do yeah. it. Okay. I didn't really give you guys a chance to answer that, but we're going to move on. Anyway, uh, on. Benedict, let's talk about profits because you had an interesting question that I wanted to discuss. So what was that question about? Uh, oh, yes. Franchises. Yeah. Thank you. If it's not franchisable, it won't make a profit. And just to prelude this, I'm not giving my opinion on it or anything like that, but I feel there's so many sequels and so many spin-offs and so many other things that are coming out. And there's very rarely a, um, in the in the cinemas um, a, a, a sort of original movie that does well and everything like that um, on its own. Um, so that's that's where I'm going with that. Um, is is that something people agree with or something disagree with? And that's not just to just say agree or disagree, you know, back it up. Who wants to go first with this one? I think I will go with TK. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So I, I think if pro like if profitable is twice its budget or I, I, I then I I think it is we we are hard pressed to find recently a film that has not been part of a franchise or is not franchisable in some way that has has made that impact. Um, certainly not a film that's cracked a billion. Um, and I think um, in a way it was a, a bit of a surprise that Barbie cracked a billion, but. Barbie is likely going to be part of a larger Mattel franchise, if not, you know, have a, a Barbie two in some way. Um, I believe it is not since Titanic that there has been a billion dollar movie that is not part of a franchise or didn't become part of a franchise. When I looked through, um, I think it's 50 some odd movies that have cracked a billion dollars and they're all the Star Wars, Marvel's bonds, Jurassic Worlds, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter's, and, well, and all well, of those. So Super Mario Bros. is not a franchise yet. Oh, that's but, true. I mean, it's, it's going to be. But. That's true. Super Mario Brothers and and Barbie are are both going to be franchises, I would imagine, or are being seen by the studios as okay. I think yeah. Barbie might be a one off. I don't think you they're going to do so? a sequel. I, I, but Warner Brothers, when they see a billion dollars, the Joker, they will make a sequel. Um. And then you and I have already discussed that in the past. Like we don't agree with Joker two, but then Joker mm. two caught my eye, and it's my most anticipated film of the year. Um, not because it's very like much like a Star Wars born bad, not at all. Uh, <laughs> but I not that it'd be hard to do a sequel to Barbie. I don't know if Gosling or Margo want to come back for one. Yeah, I, 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 Gerwig I, is tied up with Yeah, is tied up with that Nardia franchise for Netflix now. So it's mm. going to be a while if we do see a Barbie two. That's a good point. And I, I think more likely is going to be the make Barbie part of a larger Mattel world and make it the Mattel cinematic universe and Barbie, uh, somebody from Barbie will make a cameo um, 
appearance or there'll be some kind of crossover reference yeah. to uh will will ferrell will show up as being <laughs> like the the you know home base uh guy who shows up in the mattel movies i don't know i i i i, I do think that barbie was a bit of a surprise though um in, in that one billion mark and and again like not since titanic um so that's pretty wild um and then i think about a movie that came out recently i don't know if you guys saw argyle i haven't heard you talk yeah. about it on the show um if you did I, i'm sorry i missed it but argyle is clearly something that was like very clearly trying to launch a franchise yeah. and failed mm-hmm. um so I, I i don't think just because it is franchisable it will be successful um but if anything i feel like argyle is like a a cautionary tale and like uh let's try to if you're putting the world and your hopes for the world before you're putting the story, that's not going to work. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes there are really good stories out there that just don't reach the, as wide of an audience. But I don't know. Those are some of my thoughts. I'm, I'm curious to hear what you guys think. Ben? Yeah. yeah go ahead, I, th- ben. I think, uh, yeah, that's kind of a hard one to tackle. It's kind of double-edged sword of this one too, I feel like, because um, there's there's definitely some movies that i would love to see more um you know from and then and then some that i don't and they have a little stinger at the end of of character coming back or something or the hand mm. coming out of the grave and you you know standard stuff and you're like oh we don't I, I don't i don't need this or at least i don't need this right now in this first movie to promise me there's something else um so yeah i i see where the idea is coming from because like you said recently there's so many that are are sequels or part of a larger franchise that uh do make the most money so i see where studios are are coming from with that but uh and you know easier said than done but just make a good movie first and hope it does well and if it does then you know keep keep going with it so um but then there's also these franchises that you know we all know and love too so um yeah and it kind of associate a little bit i guess that maybe not as much recently but i remember people saying all the time oh there's you know hollywood has no good ideas and uh and there's nothing nothing new coming out and i'm like it it's there we're just not not hearing about it and and not you know going to the theater uh to to see what's there you're just hearing about the next sequel and everything from the media and and social media and everything so um there's there's stuff out there it's it's just hard to get the the money and everything um the the audience there for it so yeah see where they're thinking but don't like it (laughs) i'm gonna be not quick but i'm gonna try to keep it quick then as i try to do then i start rambling um (laughs) look whatever budget this film had you can make a profit from now. It's probably going to be a franchise when it's all said and done. But one of my favorite films from last year, one of my, and it has become probably an all timer in terms of monster films. It's Godzilla minus one. That movie is, mm. it gets better the more I think about it. And I've only seen it once in theaters. I cannot wait for the, that digital release. And it's not going to hit the same, I know, as it is in the theater, but it is going to be so glorious, Benedict, to watch, just watch it again. Um, Allegedly, there's a black and white version coming out. Yeah, well, it's out. It's out here in the states. Well, oh, it was out, out here, here in the states. Oh, okay. uh, I didn't get a chance to see it 
I don't think Ben you did. I don't think Ben you had a chance to see it. I don't know if TK if you even had a chance to see it at all. Um, TK, I think I don't know your, what your tolerance is for monster movies, but I think you're gonna love it no matter what. Because I it definitely is, want to see it. Yeah, it is one of the rare monster films to actually give a shit about the human characters, and I love that about this movie. Um, and the monster action is so well earned, and it's it it is one of the it's definitely the best guns in the movie I've ever seen. It's not my favorite monster film, Benedict. I've yeah. been on record saying that King Kong. Peter Jackson's King Kong is still my favorite, uh, but good King Kong. I, I love that King Kong movie so much. Uh, but just make a good movie. I, I think it's plain. And, I think I think because look at A twenty four. Look at everything everywhere. Look at uncut gems. Those movies had small budgets and they made money. Yeah. I can't. I think Ben would know this more than I would. But I think uncut gems is the highest grossing. A24 film worldwide? If it's not Uncut Gems, I think it's Midsommar. I'm not too positive yeah, on that Yeah, it's one of those. Definitely I think one it's one of those. Yeah. Or maybe it's... No, maybe it is Everything Everywhere. Oh, I think about it, because they did a re-release for Everything Everywhere. Before yeah, the they did. Season. Yeah, yeah. So it might be Everything Everywhere, and then Uncut Gems, Benedict. But look at A24. They make these movies for next to nothing. Or even Blumhouse. And I don't even like all of Blumhouse films, but those movies make bank. Now yeah. those movies aren't necessarily good, but they know their audience, and they're right. And look, sometimes it's okay to have a dumb horror, fun horror film. Like yeah. Megan is dumb, but I had fun with it. Yeah, same here, same here. I have fun with I have fun with, this new film Imaginary looks stupid, but I know <laughs> I'm going to take my sister. We're going to go yeah. see it, and we're probably going to have a good time, and we're going to talk yeah. about it for a while because we always have a good time seeing horror films together so we're gonna have tk on her go to is horror so don't forget that tk next time we talk next time we talk about well obviously next time i have horror on like, tk is always welcome <laughs> but you know her schedule is like hey, i can't do anything past you know five o'clock, i really so. liked happy yeah. death day i i'm yeah. gonna say that i Those really like happy f- death day and its sequel i thought fun I, as fuck i yeah. love excuse my language but those movies are fun as hell yeah tkpg I know, PG. Um, no, I totally agree. And you know what? In in thinking about the question, Benedict's question, I, I wasn't even really thinking about the horror genre, but I think you're right, Rod, that the horror genre always brings in a big crowd. Now, a lot of those films are franchisable or part of franchises already, but there are some that aren't. And I, I think A24 is also a really, really, really good point. Um, yeah, because A24 is usually one. A24 do, do it yeah. well, originals as yeah. well, yeah. They got the eighth in horror. Um, yeah. You know, you have Nightmare on Elm Street, and you've got your Friday in the Thirteenth. They always bring back those guys. Um, you know, doesn't matter if they're dead and chopped up into millions of pieces. Uh, they yeah. manage to come back somehow. Twenty Four always manages to make bank from their from their two three million dollar budgeted films. Yeah, yeah. And one of my favorites of the past few years from A Twenty Four was on cut gems and that movie made a shit ton of money um past lives i don't know ben how much past lives made but that's my that's my favorite a24 film other than Florida project right now and it, i loved past lives so good oh mm-hmm. uh, yeah that, that movie just breaks my heart every every single time yeah. i go that's not a rewatchable film tk but yet i do want to go back and rewatch it like all the fucking time because this, the performances alone are so fucking yeah. great it's phenomenal. Um, yeah. It is a phenomenal film, and Ben, I'm glad you and I agreed on that film. Like it is, it is devastating to watch, but it's it's it it, it is a beautiful film. Ben, like you and I got to talk about past lives. 
Absolutely. Right. When I see it, um, I haven't had an opportunity to see it because they've decided to restrict the screenings in my area, not for any reason um, or anything like that. It's just that, um, yeah, um, it's difficult for me to go to a cinema and see it um, at a suitable time. Um, but yeah, it's definitely on my watch list. Um, the ones that I was thinking about, um, I, I, I was thinking about what's Steven Spielberg doing next? And I found out that he's actually directing um, a kind of remake of Bullet um, from 1968, I think it was. Please correct me in the comments below if you, uh, if I'm wrong. But it was a Steve McQueen film. Um, yeah, I, and- I think that is. But I want to I want to talk about Steven Spielberg because I. Benedict, yeah. I, I love his films, but his films do not make money. They just don't. And I don't know what's going on no. the past couple of years. But, but then he I, doesn't need to. He just he just releases them, you know, West well, Side Story. He doesn't and... need to, but like, what? Fableman's yeah. $40 million uh, yeah, budget. Anyway, yeah, so Bullet, I didn't think needed to be remade. I don't think it needs to be touched, but they've decided to do it. You know, yeah. and that 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 as as Ben was saying earlier, you know, Hollywood doesn't have any original ideas anymore. Uh, that kind of kind of proves the point. The other one, and I'm really annoyed about it because I really like the guy, is um, Eddie Murphy um, coming back with Beverly Hills Cop. Um, and I was just like going, <laughs> the last one was released so so long ago. You're like going, why are you doing another one if it's not to revitalize Murphy's career um, or something else? I really love Murphy, but I'm just like going, you don't need to do that. You you could stand on your own. Remember, over 15 years ago, um, I think it's 20 years ago nearly, he was nominated um, in Dreamgirls. Uh, didn't win, but he was nominated. So he can he can do what he wants, but he's decided, no, let's bring back um, Beverly Hills Cop um, and see whether people want to watch that. And unfortunately, um, I think over here in the UK, they're just doing it on streaming. I don't think they're putting it in the cinemas. Um, I don't know about the, the US, but um, yeah, they're doing that. So I'm a bit sad about that, that we're not going to see a cinematic version of that. But that's where I was going with that. I was just like going, blimey. Um, you know, why are you doing these things? Uh, why can't you come up with something sort of, you know, original? Um, and as Ben was saying, I think um, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe, uh, you know, the Dolph Lundgren film, you know, famously has Skeletor coming back uh, in the end credit sequence. And it's just such a, oh, really? You know, and thankfully it didn't get a sequel. But, um, you know, um, some people want it, but yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the state the state isn't, great um at the moment but all of you've made good points if the movie makes money um and it's a good story who cares this is the last thing because i don't want to touch on steven spielberg because his last couple films have not made money fableman's Fableman's. five million dollar budget and made 40 million dollars west side story ben a movie i i I think did you want a different west side story ben i thought it was okay okay yeah see i love i love west his version of west side story but Hundred million dollar budget, Ben. Seventy six million dollars worldwide. Hmm. Not he didn't need to remake it. He just didn't need to remake it. Well, know? hold on. Now I blame the studio a little bit. They released this the week before No Way Home in the midst of a pandemic. That was a terrible, terrible idea. Yeah. Because obviously, people who couldn't go to the movies every week, who don't have like an A list or a Regal Unlimited, yeah are not going to waste their money on West Side Story when No Way Home is a week later. Good point. Good They're point. not going to do that. 
Like if I if I was in that situation, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't take my family to see Westside. I'm gonna wait till I see Spider Man next week. Can you just um remind um listeners what you guys thought of the Fablemans? Masterpiece, loved it. Top yeah. five Spielberg nice. for me. Yeah. TK, oh. you seen? Well, for me, it's top five, but I thought yeah. I it. Yeah. I actually never never got around to seeing the Fablemans. You're gonna love it, TK. Whenever you do again, it, it's it's great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Great from that. Okay. So then let's move on to my last question. Okay. Which was if I can pull this up here. My I've God. I've got it. I've got it. Thank you. Go ahead and read it for me. Best comic book performance to not get an Oscar nomination. That's a really good question. So I think there's I think there's an obvious one. Um I'm not entirely sure. Um I'm not entirely sure whether he got a Oscar nomination, but surely Jack Nicholson as Joker. That was not no. For me, no. No. No? Not Oscar no. Not even not close. No. For me, no. Keith For me, Ledger, no. no one else. Okay. Well, no, because my, my favorite Joker is Joaquin. Yeah, Joaquin's my favorite. Uh, oh, Joaquin's your favorite. Okay. But, I mean, you can't really compare Joaquin and Heath because Joaquin, that movie was all his, where Heath, it wasn't all his. So Ben and I have already had a conversation. It's like, it's hard to compare. But Joaquin's all the best. Um, for me, it's between Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger. Okay. Josh Brolin as Thanos. And then, Ben, I'm going to throw something in there that not all people have said before. Well, <laughs> Maybe some people have said, but kind of forgotten about it. RDJ as our sorry, go ahead. Well, I mean, he, deserves, <laughs> he deserves everything. Yeah, okay. James Backer one Days of Future Past deserves a yeah. lot of love. He is so fucking good in that movie. Mm-hmm. And I will say something she wasn't considered then, but, but Tisha Wright in Wakanda Forever mm-hmm. is remarkable. Oh, yes, that's a good one. And Angela Bassett. Remarkable. But she was nominated, wasn't she? Don't don't yeah, bring up the horse. I, I take that back. Yeah. Fucking hot dog fingers. God damn. All she lost them. the hot dog fingers. I, I just... Uh, okay, anyway. TK, why don't you go next? Because you was, are a comic book aficionado here. That was only last year that Angela Bassett did the thing. She did the thing. She did the thing. Um, I was thinking about Hugh Jackman and Logan, which Ooh, I yeah. think, yeah. especially given that... that and I know he's coming back now, which I like uh, have mixed feelings about, but um, especially because that was such like a a, a capstone uh, to his performance as that character for so many years. And that, that movie is just so good. Um, so he came to my mind. Ben, what about you? Yeah. Well, you all have talked, taken very good ones. Uh, I, uh, one popped into mind was Alfred Molina, Spider-Man 2. That was one of my personal favorites. I think I think he was good. Uh, it's it's an under not talked about as much, I guess, performance uh, anymore. But from from that movie, which is the best Spider-Man movie, by the way, yeah, in my opinion, <laughs> um, he does. Uh, yeah, he he does a lot to to go from uh, you know the the scientist and, and Peter's uh, friend mentor kind of, and then uh, and and then going downhill quick, and a, a very memorable villain that could have been. Uh, you know, tentacle arms and and <laughs> this superhero movie. What are you, you going to do? But I think he he holds it together well. He's got the coolest glasses and jacket. It's, it's nice. Benedict, what about you? Um, Chris Evans as uh, Johnny Storm in Fantastic Four. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
uh yeah no um do you know what you have taken up quite a quite a few i thought kim basinger vicky bell no um no i'm just being i'm being facetious now uh michael keaton um i think gets a little bit less love um he was the you know daniel craig of the batman you know everybody didn't really have a lot of you know there were protests about it i can't believe it you actually look into it there were protests about him being you know the role and uh, this comedic actor not being able to um do other things um and then astound everybody with his performance and a lot of people still regard him but let's not mention the flash um you know um but um yeah i i think michael keaton definitely does need um, a bit of love and he does get um overshadowed by jack nicholson in the first batman um you know jack nicholson in fact got the starring credit if i'm not mistaken um in in that one so there's that one there um and uh, the other one I was thinking of, uh, Gene Hackman in as Lex Luthor as well. Um, bit of a bit of a hot take that one. Um, but um, in in the first Superman um, movie, um, I, I really enjoyed him in that one. Um, so uh, I I do like a bit of a bit of Hackman. But uh, yeah, that's that's my takes. Do you like Keaton better in '89 or Returns? Ooh. Or what's what's the better Oscar nomination? I guess. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I'm going to have to go with Returns because he has a bit more of a grasp of the character and knew what was demanded of him. Um, but I I can see an argument for eighty nine. Mm-hmm. Same. I, I'm going old school here, so I'm not really going. You know the, the you know the two thousands and two thousands and tens. So I apologise for uh, oh no you know, like... younger audiences listening to this and thinking <laughs> what the hell is he talking about? Please check out the Superman and Batman movies because yeah. they're so great if you haven't seen them. Yep. Okay, so we all chose great options here. So the obvious answer is Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Black Adam. Okay, we are moving on now. <laughs> you had to best my Chris Evans one, didn't you? <laughs> I yeah. did. I did. <laughs> Benedict, the final question of the night, sir. Yes. Okay. And, and this one again, we can talk about for ages. We can. The big screen and physical media are a waste of money. If the focus was just on streaming movies. Streaming movies would be a lot better. I think the general consensus is is that a lot of Netflix films are terrible. They are uh, Netflix films suck ass. They are, yeah. not, I'm, I'm not even going to try to hide my feelings. Netflix films are usually fucking garbage. Yeah, yeah. I would totally forget Heart of Stone if um, I, I didn't keep getting asked about it. I just want to forget that film. Um, based on how terrible it is, but um, people just go, "Well, what's your worst Netflix film?" That's my go-to. But I'm not going to speak just yet. Who's got a take on this? Rod, well, come on. You, uh, well, you, you, I, go, you go first, mate. Me? Talking about me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go first. What, what's your take on this? Shit, I'm being put on the spot here. Okay, well. Oh, hey, Ben. How are you doing, buddy? <laughs> well, listen. You know my take. Look, as far as when it comes to films post-theatrical release, I am always on the side of digital i think digital is the way of the future i i, I think physical media is not as a dying breed I, I i do not believe in physical media now as long as physical media is still around i will always collect collect excuse me my comic book films on physical media to, to, to have them 
um, as part of a collection, mainly my MCU films. Now, I do have most DCEU films on physical media, except for 2016 Suicide Squad. I think it's the only one I don't have on physical media. Um, but everything okay. else I do have. And I, yeah, that's okay, but I don't want <laughs> any of that shit. Uh, why, why are you so contradictory on that, Rod? Why, why do you say you don't believe in physical media, but you have all... Uh, the- for comic book films, I will always cherish, because that's just my genre. So I, I will always cherish. And personally, for film... I, and it's, a, it's not just comic book films, but the films I know I will go back and rewatch in the future in case Ben's prediction of the grid will go down eventually that does come true. I would like to rewatch films like Past Lives and uh let's see what else Brother Blue Rays do I have Ferris Bueller. I would like to rewatch those. Um but for the time being, you know, and not Ben Nick also I when it comes to that, I'm just lazy. I just like to, you know, get grab my remote and be like, yeah, yeah. Uh, Google play Ferris Bueller and I, I get to watch Ferris Bueller in two seconds. Right. That's that's just me. Um, I think, and here's the other thing too, digital is always cheaper than physical media. It it is what it is. It, it I, I, in my personal opinion, I wouldn't say that's always true, but yeah. I, I I I think it's true. Look, you can get. Let's let's take let let's take Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom, a new comic book film that's gonna be on HBO Max tomorrow. I don't know when it's coming on. I think it actually comes on Blu-ray tomorrow. Oh. You're gonna be able to buy it for twenty bucks on on digital. But if you want to buy that 4K or Blu-ray release, it's going to be $24.99, 30 bucks, whatever the case may be. Okay. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, well, well, you're just using one example, Rod. You know? oh, hold, on, hold, on. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. New okay. 4Ks, maybe. Yeah, I can see that. Oh, but, yeah. but, 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 but it's all, but point that one. Now, I don't know what people are doing digging through Walmart bins for $5 releases when you just go, yeah, stupid. Well, anyway. <laughs> Uh, Benedict, for me, it's always, I, I think when it comes down to it, it's always about a personal preference. Yes. For me, at the end of the day, I can just go on my Google, on my phone. I could be, I don't know, at the airport, but like, hey, shit, I want to watch that. Turn that on and or buy it. And then when I get home, I can watch it or I can watch it on my phone, whereas I don't want to, but I can turn it on, buy it, get back. Uh, make some popcorn, go down to my theater room and watch in my bedroom and watch whatever I, I just bought. It's just easier instead of, oh, man, I got to stop at the store, buy this, and I got to go back home and I'm not going to plastic and, you know, alphabetize it again and put it in. It's just, I don't want to do that. It's just too much fucking work for me. I don't want to. And that's, but like, again, personal preference. I know I didn't really answer your question, but that's just <laughs> kind of the way I see it. I think it does. Well, but, no, I'm going to move on. I'm going to move on. TK, TK, I've got, I've got a bit of a controversial thing to say. Generally, collecting physical media is a, is a very male thing. Uh, that might be a generalization, or is it true? Are you a physical media collector, or are you like Rod and prefer the digital? When, when you were saying that you had a controversial thing to say and you were like generally collecting physical media, I thought you were going to say like an ironic joke about the fact that behind you, again, audio <laughs> medium, but behind you are shelves upon shelves of Blu-rays. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I thought that was the setup. Um, no, so I will say that I... I was a very big physical media collector um, through like childhood, high school past past that even mostly cds i have i do have a room upstairs that is like 
I I have it set up with shelves on, on like rack shelves on the walls that it's it's set up like an old school like a like a record store like it's got the CDs and I've got DVD box sets and things like that. So I I very much was um I I haven't held on to that impulse to collect as much um though I do think that every so often like a a, a steel book or a, a set will come out that um I'm I'm drawn to. I think that What's for everybody for say that again. What's what's changed for you then? You um, said it me, used to be. What's changed? Yeah, I I think it's it's a very good question. Um, I I think that there a lot of it is the convenient. Well, okay, so there's two parts of the question too. So the physical media part, I, I would say that I more spend my money on going to the movies. Um, so that's the part that I, I definitely like for me, I feel very passionately about, like, I like to go to the movies and experience the films that way. And then oftentimes if I do want to rewatch something, it is obviously much more convenient and cost-effective to do that through streaming. Um, you know, there are still collect, like, you know, the Avengers films, um, a lot of like the MCU films that I do have on, on physical media. Um, I do have like various horror films, like horror franchises on physical media, um, I, I think for everyone who feels as strongly as Rod does in uh, like against physical media, I think there are people who feel that strongly for that. So that's not me, um, personally, at least not at this point in my life, but I do think that physical media is safe because I think there are people who are feel very, very, very strongly about being fearful of losing like the streaming access, um, and what that looks like moving forward of like libraries being taken away. Um, and, and there's a real impulse to collect and have ownership, I think for, for a lot of people. And I, I think about like vinyl and how vinyl went away and then came back in a huge way. Um, mm. so I, I don't know, I don't know what that means, but, um, yeah, I think I, I care about the big screen more than I care about physical media, but I don't not care about physical media at all. And I do think that there are a lot of people out there who care about physical media. So an establishing question, um, to see a movie for the first time, um, you'll always choose the big screen over anything else. Is is that what you're saying there? If I, yeah, if I really like all, all other factors aside, it's like, yeah. like personal stuff aside of like being really busy with work or whatever, like that would be, that would be my choice. But there's so something like I saw on the biggest screen possible. For yeah. Example. Yeah. Right. But like I, I watched Saltburn at home. I watched Past Lives at home. Um, like so, for the first time. So, that, so you know, obviously it, I will do it for films I'm very excited about. And I will do it about like, you know, films that I was least less excited to go see. Um, like Madam Web, I will catch on streaming I, I, at this point because next week I'm going to be just totally focused on seeing Dune part two. So, um, so that's more of a scarcity of time thing at this point. But, so, okay. um, but Dune part two is a film that like I'll, I will likely also buy on physical media. Okay. I want to know what Ben thinks. I'm I'm curious to see whether he either is like me or whether he agrees with you two guys. I am very much the collector. Uh it's on the other side of the room, but uh, I have a shelf of uh of movies as well. Uh and I have a shelf of vinyl over here too. Uh I'm yeah, excited about that uh being more prevalent and everything. Um but yeah, yeah, I and I I understand uh, the convenience and everything it is more convenient um and sometimes i'm you know i still watch stuff on streaming of course <laughs> and uh i have i have some digital uh films that i bought that are just really hard to find uh on on 
physical media anymore, but yeah, I, I, I like the collecting. Um, and it's also the, you know, I have the luxury of being able to do that and, and having stores near me that, that still do that as well. Um, but yeah, the, I, I get, a, I get a thrill from going out and finding stuff and, oh, I can, I have this now to add to my collection and, and finding stuff. Even I like uh, blind buying stuff too. If, you know, usually $10 or less at, you know, secondhand stores or whatever, but, oh, I've heard this was good. Or I, I like the people that are in this movie and I'll, I'll pick it up and watch it, um, which she can do with streaming too. But I feel like it's not. At least for me, I I kind of know going in, I need to go to this uh, streaming service because I'm going to watch this movie, um, typically for me. So, but yeah, I I love ripping up the plastic and smelling the inside and opening up and, and that light that illuminates it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, I I I enjoy that, um, all that aspect. And one, uh, one question for yeah. TK and 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 Rod. Uh, which is something that, um, I, I wanted to address was when, when you're buying things digitally, are you um, you just buying it off a store or are you streaming it off a certain thing? I think one of the issues is that, as Ben was just pointing out, was that if I want to watch a certain film like Shaun of the Dead, it's only on Netflix. So if I've got Amazon Prime, Disney Plus and, and various other things, I don't know what, Sean of the Dead is on, but um, I was just looking over my collection and just picking a film um, as an example. But uh, if I'm restricted to one service, um, is, is that what you're saying, or um, do you just go onto these stores and 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 buy it digitally? What what do you guys do? DK, you want to go first, sir? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I would say if it's something, so like if it's a, if it's a film that I've seen like that that holds a particular memory for me or or maybe it's not even that old of a, of a film but maybe it's a couple years old and i remember seeing it in a theater i remember seeing it on streaming but it's no longer available on streaming and i really want to watch it again i'm trying to think of an example when one's not coming yeah. to me what i would probably do in that case would be to um go through amazon and and buy it through amazon if it's something that i like know that i'm going to want to watch um again if i'm like man like i really I've been thinking about this film for a long time. And I, just, I would buy it if it was something that I'm like, I know I'm going to like, this is a, a rewatchable for me. And maybe it used to be available on streaming, or maybe I used to have a DVD copy that somehow didn't make its way to my home here. Um, but I do have a lot of DVD copies of, of things that, you know, were meaningful to me from when I was younger. Um, newer Legally. films that come out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Legally. Exactly. Um, newer films that come out, I would, I more likely to, to rent or to, um, yeah, or, or to wait until they're available. I do, I do Netflix, Amazon prime and, um, Disney plus and, and max. So I have access to all the, I don't uh, like you. I don't have access to Apple TV is the one that I don't have. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that's a great answer to your question because I'm I'm struggling to think of specific it is. examples. It is. But no, no, no. I, yeah, I a little bit of everything. Yeah. What about you, Rod? Do you buy digitally um, or do you look for it on streaming? Uh, I don't really believe in renting unless I absolutely have to. Uh, just because if I like it, I don't want to have to rebuy it. So I just want to buy it and then just never have to. If I if I don't do like it, okay, it's like my library. Do you buy blind? Sometimes like I do. Sometimes I do. Um, yeah. Yeah, so you would rent it if you haven't seen it. You would still buy it digitally. 
it depends because sometimes when you buy something digitally, it's only available to rent. And then I'll have to buy it later if I do like it. Um, but so, yeah, for me personally, I buy usually on Google Play. I'm a big Google guy. So I buy everything on Google Play Store or the uh, Amazon. Um, those are my two big ones. Everything else, you know, I'll, I'll, like I haven't bought Aquaman on digitally yet. I'm not paying 30 bucks to watch a movie I might not even like. So I'm just going to wait till it comes on HBO Max tomorrow and watch it then. If I like it, I'll put the 20 bucks and have it be on my library. That's that's going to be that. So that's 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 kind of how I roll Benedict with with one. That's how that's how you roll. I have one big beef with Google Play. Um, I remember um, when you buy the Blu-rays, you've got your your UV um, digital codes as well. Yeah, I don't don't like that shit. Um, But I, I I downloaded it, and they were all on various different ones like Sony and Universal and all that lot, and they stopped all of that. And they all transferred over to Google Play, but some of them didn't. And I was really annoyed about losing some of those digital releases. So I've got all my James Bond releases, which I can watch on the Google Play. But then there were some other films that just went, sorry, you've lost it, you know. Um, so I've never had that issue. Because like really? there was a movie recently, I think it's because it's been a hot topic of discussion. I think it's 28 weeks later. or 20, Yeah. Uh, What's right. everyone had Killian Murphy in it? That is not no longer available. Uh, Twenty eight days later. Twenty days later, yeah, that's no longer available to stream anywhere. Right. But it's still on my Google Play Store. I still got it. That's right. So I want to watch whenever yeah. the fuck I want to. If I want to watch my phone while you're talking, Benedict, I'm gonna watch yeah. my phone right fucking now. Let me see. Go ahead, Benedict. Go ahead. You, go, on you, go, you go. You go ahead. You go. I, I will. I'm gonna you, do it right now. No, I'm not gonna do it right now. Go ahead. But... Soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> but that's look. At the end of the day, it's all personal preference, digital, physical. Yeah. I think we all the, the theatrical experience is always the way it's meant to be seen, no matter what the movie is. Yeah. Uh, TK, if you do have the opportunity, or I forgot who said it was TK or Benedict, if you have a chance to see past lives, it was you, Benedict, who had a chance hey, to see yeah. past lives yeah. in theaters, I would highly recommend it. Not that you're not going to get the same enjoyment, but the theatrical experience always adds up. But like we've been talking about Dune. Dune is meant to be seen in a movie theater, not digital, not physical yeah, media. Right. You need to see Dune on the biggest screen possible. That's what I found interesting about um, TK's um, response there was that you you, you want to watch Madam Web um, streaming, which I equate to something like Dune, not in terms of its quality, but in terms of the fact that it's a Marvel film. It's a big screen event and you're like going eh, i don't really need to see that up on the big screen that's something that i can watch on a on a smaller screen is that is that your viewpoint tk or is that yeah fair? i i i think it's that's just because and i i, I know that uh i know that rod enjoyed madam web um but i i, I think that's just we all know the yeah, I, reason I, why he enjoyed yes. madam web yes okay yeah yes, Three yes times. of course <laughs> um no i i ordinarily would anything mcu i'm i'm gonna go see on the big screen first um for other comic book movies superhero movies i usually do um i i think it's both timing right now and also not being particularly excited about madam web specifically that i i i'm feeling like i'll probably just catch that one later um but um 
but yeah, I mean, if we were talking about Deadpool three, um, or sir, I mean, you know, the the more recent MCU releases, I still I still go to the theater first. So, Ben, I do want to say that ties into a bigger, not issue, but a bigger thing of social media. Rotten Tomatoes is bigger more now than it has ever been. Because you know, TK is a... get me on Rotten Tomatoes. Don't yeah. even get me on that. Ben, I've got a question to ask you. It, it, it can also be asked to Rod, but Rod actually did raise a very good point here with past lives. Um, now. now that's okay. now, to, to my understanding, I don't know much about past lives, and the reason why I haven't read much about it is because I do want to see it and I don't really want to know too much about it going in. But I understand it's a drama film. And some people have the attitude of, well, you don't need to see it on the big screen. Um, just need to see it. Um, you you know, need to. Watch it on the phone. Ben, what's your argument for watching Past Lives on the big screen? Why do I need to watch it there rather than on my phone? Yes, Ben, as someone who did watch Past Lives on the big screen, what's your talking about? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I saw it on uh, streaming, let's say, my TV. Um, okay. But do I need to see it on big screen then? I mean, I feel like I'm always gonna, I know I'm always gonna argue for uh, helping theaters <laughs> and just in general seeing everything on a big screen. But yeah, even even with dramas, you can have amazing camera work and uh, and, and beautiful colors that um, come out more on the big screen. And I, I don't know, even even though it is a very personal film you can have personal connections and feelings to it seeing it with other people i still think uh is is good and maybe you know if you have the chance to talk about it afterwards or see the reaction of people afterwards uh is, is cool but i don't know a, a collective experience uh even if it is you know kind of more intimate personal movie like that uh on an emotional level is uh is is always good do you agree with that, Rod? Is that the reason why you are advising me to see it on big screen um, so I can talk about it with people afterwards? Or does uh, it not matter where I see it? Past slides specifically. For this film, for me, it mattered uh, because I did see it with someone that I care very deeply about. And we, you know, we had that, we were able to share that connection because we had a lot to talk about afterwards. And so for me, I got that personal. I don't know if we would have gotten that same personal response if we watched it at home together. So I think for me, having that experience, plus we did a double feature that day. We watched Elemental together and then we watched Past Lives. So it was kind of like a... One was happy. One ended up in, had it as in tears at the end. So yeah, for me, I... Look, at the end of the day, Past Lives was my favorite movie of the year last year. And I will always recommend if you have a chance to see it in theaters, go watch it. Watch, watch it in theaters. Not to say you're not going to get the same enjoyment, but right. I think Ben had a very good point. Like I think it matters with with that movie in particular. I think it matters of who you watch it with. Do you okay. share that similar personal response? Now I'm going to ask you very point. You're going on about watching it 28 days later on your phone. <laughs> um, can you put the same emotional investment that you had with past lives into watching it on the phone where you are in your car? I'm not saying drive and watch a movie. Don't do that, people. I think I um, oh, can, can you put can you put that same amount of emotional level into watching it on your phone 
as you can putting it up onto the big screen or watching it on on, on your TV. Is is what you're saying? Yes, there? because I have watched it on my TV and I still have cried. However, I have already I had already seen it in theaters, so that's kind of cheating. So I will give I will give you an, a better example. I just watched the Iron Claw like a week and a half ago. On your phone? Time. No, on my TV. Right. Um, and I was still emotionally devastated from that movie. So I think it goes down to and then we talk about this one. I think it comes down to the mood. What kind of mood are you in when you watch a movie? Because I could be in the mood to just like I could be in like in a piss poor mood and watch something on TV and not enjoy it because I'm kind of just in a pissy mood that day, but I can feel in I can feel differently about it six or seven months later because I've been watched it either on a TV on on a bigger TV or on the big screen the way it was meant to be seen. I think I look at something like like an Avatar, like a Doom, like an Avengers. You don't want your first time watching those type of movies being on your TV or on your phone. You want to watch that with a crowd, with nerdy ass fans who share the same kind of passion that you do. So I think it all depends on the movie. Now, like I said, with past lives, I think that's a different move, type of film where I think you it needs to be seen with someone. Not with someone, because you could still be single or whatever and still enjoy it, but I think it's going to mean something a little bit deeper if you have that emotional connection that these characters yeah. are going through. That, that emotional... these It is an emotional journey for that hour, 40 minutes. And I just can't see... I haven't talked to anyone who has seen it who hasn't gone through something similar like that. Let me just put it that way. Um, yeah. Or yes. someone who hasn't been, who hasn't been in a relationship. Let me put it, that, that's my better, better Ben, who hasn't been in a relationship, who has gone through something similar to the like, way these characters have gone through. Walk, walk that walk. Yeah, absolutely. Because what past lives basically is a whole, what if movie. And I think it's like a, a recurring theme on this particular podcast because we've talked about it quite a few times about that connection that you establish with somebody when you're watching watching films. I, I remember very vividly um, talking with Rod and Ben about this um, and uh, I'd be interested to see what TK thinks about this, but um, talking about the connection that you we all had with, with Endgame um, and that emotional connection and that journey that we went from 2008 watching the first Iron Man movie to, you know, you know, 2019 and, and seeing these characters go through things, um, but also what we've experienced um, up on the screen as well and, and seeing these connections and seeing it up on the big screen and then sharing that. It is it is something that you can't really put exactly into words. Um, TK, is there any film there that that that's got you in particular? Do you agree with um, Endgame, or can you think of another film that you've you sort of connected with that you saw on the big screen and and connected with other people? Yeah, I I I've definitely had that experience several times with MCU films uh the star wars films like force awakens um was a big one right. yeah just like can you, tell us seeing... about, can you can tell us about that well, well who were you with watching force awakens i was um, with friends um right. and it was like just that sense of like i was with friends but i think it was more more personal than anything of just like that sense of like thinking about like seeing the original star wars films for the first time as like a little kid at home and then thinking about when the 
prequels came out and seeing those in the theaters as like an, an older kid and a teenager. And then like, so like, you know, at least like my brain is going through like all of that. And I can only imagine that that would have been amplified if I had been with people who I had also kind of, you know, seen some of those earlier versions with. And I, I wasn't for Force Awakens, but you're just like feeling you're, you're feeding off of the energy of the room and, you know, everyone's excitement. So Force Awakens is almost like a counterpoint to Endgame in that, or, or just the other side of the coin, right? So it's like this yeah. uh, Endgame is the culmination of so much, and then Force Awakens was like the reopening of this of this world that people were really interested in. Um, so that one comes to mind too. But um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I completely agree that there's nothing like that big screen experience and being able to just kind of tap into that energy, the collective energy that's there. But at the same time, like I was thinking about it while you guys were talking, like I've also seen some films on airplanes for the first time and you're on that really like little screen and you're physically not that comfortable. But like I've I, I remember watching um, speaking of horror films, Ready or Not, for the first time on an airplane. I freaking oh, love that movie. And like, yeah, would that have been better to see on the first uh, on the big screen for the first time? Yeah, probably. Like, but at the same time, I mean, I still really connected to it and had a blast like sitting on like a it's like little airplane screen. So, you know, like I think what Rod said about the mood um, is a big part of it. Like if you are in a, in a mood that you're going to connect, then you're going to connect. Um, yeah. But yeah. It's, that, let it's, me give, it's intangible. Yeah, let so. me give one last example. Then we got to wrap up here, but I, I want to say this because uh, I, I go to the movies with my sister a lot. Cause that's one of our things we love doing together. Yeah. And we watched interstellar. It was her first time watching us. And I had watched it a few times or a lot already a few times uh, a lot and she did not like it because once she she's never she's not a person who can stay still she always has to be on the move so for her to sit down at home to watch it it did not work for her but i will always say and i told ben this story about a thousand times but our experience watching endgame together is something i'm always going to cherish for the rest of my fucking life because once she's not a marvel person but and she is one that if if she has to watch a third movie, she will get up a lot. That she got up once, and she found herself clapping, and cheering, and all that stuff. So I think the theatrical experience does fucking matter. Yeah, uh, makes it also, even more special that she's not a Marvel person as well. The fact that I mean, that breaks my heart. But she actually went to go see Madame Web today, which I was very proud of. I was a proud brother today. Um, whether she liked it or not, it's a totally different conversation. Yeah, but. You know, I was a proud brother because she went to go see a Marvel movie without me. So that made me very happy. So anybody got an orange? So it's not my reference. <laughs> I, I got that reference. That was good. That was good. <laughs> but I think that is a good place to stop here, guys. This was... Yeah. Uh, I think we went a lot deeper than I thought we were going to today, but which was good, which was very, very mm-hmm. good. I think this episode format kind of turned out for the better. I feel I feel like also. Um, I but, loved hearing all of your viewpoints on it. Um yeah. I did too. This was a lot of fun. And I think that we're gonna do these a lot more often, these open forum kind of round table discussions. Mm-hmm. This this was great. This was great. So TK, uh, it is always a a a a pleasure and a joy and a treasure to have you on here. So where can people find you online? Oh, this was this was awesome. I really enjoyed having this conversation with you guys and I hope to be back sooner rather than later to hang out with you guys again um so my uh you can you can find me at an idea underscore podcast on instagram 
Um, I did a show. There was an idea, a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast for a couple of years that I have kind of, it's been on an extended hiatus. Um, I never say never uh, about getting back into it, um, but I, I haven't actively been, been doing that. But I, I do always, for anybody who might be listening, might be interested. Um, I, I have a pretty big back catalog there. Um, and you can, you can find me on Instagram, um, to make that connection. So, uh, already following. All right. Look at that. So making connections everywhere. So thanks again, guys. You got a friend in a Brit over the, over the pond. Now you have an international audience. I I knew that there was going to be good luck when I was using the the Virgin Atlantic tea mug, you know, during our, uh, big fan of Richard Branson, big fan, big fan. Mr. Benedict, where can people find us in bit or find us online? You can find me on most platforms under see this if. Um, I'm mainly on Instagram um, and Letterbox, where I write almost daily reviews. Um, and uh, yeah, check that out. Mr. Saunders, you and I have a busy couple of weeks ahead. I'm looking forward to all the episodes we're getting ready to record here. But where can people find us online, good sir? You can find us on Instagram at the Infinity Film Podcast, and you can email us with your thoughts on any of the questions we asked today, any suggestions for future uh, questions or debate topics you want to hear, and uh, what your what what kind of cup you're drinking out of today. We want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd really need to know that. Yeah, mm-hmm. important stuff. Email us at rb.theinfinityfilmpodcast at gmail.com. That's rb like Rod Ben dot the Infinity Film Podcast at gmail.com. And for people who don't know already, if you're a first-time listener, just giving everyone a heads up. Uh, next couple episodes, Ben and I have a DreamWorks episode that we're going to be recording, uh, which should be interesting, Ben, because uh, mm-hmm. I feel like we're going to have a scene number one, but two through five, I feel like are going to be the most interesting ones there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cabin in the Woods versus Bad Times of the El Royale should be a lot of fun. Ben, Mr. I can't know. I don't know how to end the movie. Mr. Judd Apatow himself doing a retrospective and our top five Martin movies to round out the month of March. And then all of April is a MCU very or very MCU heavy month as mm-hmm. every week will be a different MCU episode. But then we are doing a doing spoiler review. That, that is happening. We just have to find out the date of when we can do it. So ladies and gentlemen, stay, stay, look forward to that in the next week or so. It, it'll be coming shortly and we haven't discussed this fully yet but i'm pretty sure you two need to be pitted against each other again sometime soon for a trivia episode well benedict uh mcu trivia and, might be happening and in TK April. is definitely welcomed to that as well um as as a battle of brains um needs needs to happen um but um i'm looking forward to all of those episodes very much well, benedict it is it is a plan to do a MCU trivia ish episode in April, so we will be talking right. very soon, sir. I've got to try and try and think more than you guys and see what what <laughs> I can find out that you don't know. That's mm-hmm. going to be really difficult. Whatever it takes, Benedict. Whatever it takes. So, <laughs> until next time, guys. For myself, for Ben, for TK, and for Mister Benedict Lewis, our favorite man across the pond. Thank you for listening. Enjoy Dune Part 2 this weekend, if you are seeing it. And until next time, guys, we will see you later. <laughs>